Welcome to Royally Screwed, a Curse of Strahd actual play podcast featuring a group of motley fools bumming their way through Barovia. Be warned, this is an adult content rated campaign. This means our players use adult language and make jokes of adult nature. Also because of the nature of a horror-driven campaign, there will be descriptions of torture, murder, and other topics that may be disturbing to sensitive listeners. Listen at your own risk and prepare to be royally screwed. Y'all ready for the next portion of this? It is going to be a sipper. All right. Like I said, you're dictating everything tonight. So, Mm. all right. I was like, not in the campaign. No, no. You set off from the silent village of Barovia. Wrong. Keep in mind, (laughs) I'm getting hit by shots right now. So. Yeah, just you. Yeah, it's not just yeah, all of us are going to be We're all on the same level. The fog creeping around your feet as you pass onto the old Spalich Road. Irina looks at y'all and says, Isn't there, didn't you say there's some place you wanted to go? To okay. Zerpool. What is there? Madam Ava. Oh, so you want to go to the Velaki? Tesserpool? Oh, so we're going to... I'm sorry. Or Vistani camp. Vistani? I was like, so we're going to the same place? I told you I'm drunk. (laughs) So would you say this Madam Ava is Vistani? Oh, yes. She's definitely Vistani. These motherfuckers. She's she's pretty well known throughout all of Barovia. And she will be on her way to Velaki. Correct. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Right. Sorry, I gotta put my glasses on oh, to hear oh, better. And you obviously yeah. don't mind us uh, me... taking a little detour and then... Oh, go. no, no, not at all. I I haven't been out of the village of Barovia ever, so this is a treat for me. It's going on an adventure. Well, we are glad to take you. Why? Hopefully you have a little bit of fun on I'm pretty sure I know the way to get to the encampment. So we'll just, there's a trail and then at the crossroads, we turn to the left and that brings us over uh, towards the pools. So that should get, if we can get to the pools, then we'll get to the encampment problem. I don't like that word should. Well, okay. I mean, I the encampment's over by the pools, so if we get to the pools, yeah. I, I, yeah, the if is if we get to the pools. But you guys want to go swimming? Are. Jess? I, like, I, I think we have full faith that you can lead us there, hopefully. So as you walk, a sea of tall, pale green grasses stretch out before you on either side of the road. 
all the way up to the edge of the Idlis River. The sky above is a dull gray, the clouds heavy with the promise of rain. It's not long before you see an old arched stone bridge in the distance that spans the clear blue river ahead. Crossing it, you find yourself... Power traveling, I am. Uh, God, it's just... Sorry, I just slipped my mind. Uh, I'm hunting for, like, berries and other things. There's not a whole lot here because it's that just grasses. Be, yeah. Okay. You'd like to so the same thing you were doing the first... So as you cross the bridge, forging, forging, you find yourself on a muddy road that winds its way through the start of trees. The air is thick with the scent of damp earth and decaying leaves, and the trees pressing close, casting deep shadows that carve deep gorges across the road. Go ahead and give me a survival check. Yeah. You might need those. Melody likes stuff. Yeah, you want my bro, dude. I don't even like gambling. Why is there dice in front of me? Yeah. Like gambling when we went to the casino. Dude, I'm teaching teaching Goose how to roll against the fucking. Uh, 19. 19. Damn, good roll. So. In the start of this damp earth and where the trees are, you look and you see some various plants growing in what spotty bits of sunlight are getting through the trees. Are you looking for a particular type of berry or? Um, just anything edible. Maybe some spices if I can find anything. Elderberries. All right, so even more. You see a shrub that has what looks to be raspberries, and you find some green leafy plants that look like they might be mint. Okay. Looking like a raspberry mojito. Grass. Grass. If it tastes like this, I don't know, man. Uh-oh. I apologize. As Plask is picking these plants off the side of the road, Leo. Oof. Uh, yes. You take a sip first. Yep. And then, You're not Leo. Oh, I thought no. you said Malia. I was like, take a sip no. first. Yep. You're Marina. Marina, sorry. I was like, well, right now you're Belina. I'm dyslexic. Leo. Take a sip of the piss. Tell him he's awake. You he's awake. hear a rustling noise and you see a silhouette crouching down in the misty underbrush. Hey, uh, what are you doing over there? So. That's a good response to that. A woman stands up and she looks at you and she goes, who goes there? Name yourself. I ready my sword. My name is Leo. What are you doing out here? We have traveled. We're minding our business. Who are you to follow us? 
I'm a scout. For who? <laughs> for Barovia. That's the best fucking answer I've ever heard. Now, yeah. and about and about this time, a second person walks out of the woods. This one's a male. Shit! All right, guys, are we surrounded? And he looks at you and he says, "Are you spies or servants of Strahd?" No. Nah. We are the knights of me. All right, it's too late. This game is already fucking up. I, I just show our berries and say berries. We, <laughs> we, we are not servants of Strahd. We are not. I guarantee you that. We are strangers in your land. Irina Bye. steps up and she goes, halt. I am the daughter of the former burgomaster of the village of Barovia. These are my escorts. We are traveling to Velaki for safety. They look at her and they kind of bow their head. That's right, you will bow. Bow to me. Miss Koyana, we know who you are. Yes. We're sorry, we didn't mean to accost you. We're making sure that Strahd's servants aren't accosting people on the road. I stole my sword. Well, we appreciate your hard work. What, what makes you so vigilant on this road? Because it's one of the main roads between the castle <laughs> and Velaki. How often do y'all have travelers of ill intentions well, travel this road? Since the what, attack, ill intentions, quite often. Um, we've been scouting this road quite a bit um, ever since the attack on the village of Barovia. As many of the Barovian people have been traveling to Vlaki, we are trying to make sure that the road stays safe for these people. Uh, how many like spies and servants of Strahd have you encountered on this road? Well, they're everywhere. Oh, well, yes, but there could be anything—wolves, bats. Um, you know, when you run, you run. Some of the plants. There's vines that can be um, servants of Strahd. Excuse me, Miss. Did you say vines? Vines. Yes. How can we animate? <laughs> well, they're they're not exactly sentient, but they will attack any of the enemies of Strahd. So he has persuasion on not only people, but anything that is alive. Great. Would you say that this road we travel to Valaki? is safe from here on forward? I would not necessarily say safe is a proper word. As long as you travel during the daylight hours, you're better off. Okay. Um, there are scouts all among the road. You may see many of us. Um, if they're scouts, do they try to remain hidden? Yes. Okay. Is there any kind of uh, calling that we can try to hail to make sure that we are 
signal as friendly versus uh, someone under Strahd's. Well, if you see any of the other scouts, and they will stop you if they see you. Um, my name is Carissa. 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 This is Cork. 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 Got Carissa and Cork. 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 Come on, pull it in. Cork. And just tell them that we have cleared you. Of course, you're traveling with. Irina, I am surprised to see you traveling so far away from the village. But I do agree that the Lockie is a safer place than the village, so that makes sense. But um, if you see any scouts, just tell them our names and they'll know them. God, is there any kind of safe word if we were to say if they were compromised? I'm just making sure that those uh, scouts aren't compromised by Stroud and his influence on all living things. Because I am willing to swing on anything and everything that does try to cause me harm. There is no safe word. Okay. However, nobody in their right mind that serves Stroud is going to tell you that they don't. Oh. For fear of life, so. So they will voice that they're servants of Strahd if they are? They won't. Well, they, will not. they won't voice that they're servants of Strahd. <clears throat> Somebody's not going to say, though, that, oh, well, I don't serve Strahd if they do. Okay, so if we will ask them, they'll say. say truthfully? So if we mention... They won't necessarily admit it, but no. they're not going to deny it. These riddles, these damn riddles. I will keep... Papa Strahd will know. Yeah, I will keep my sword at the ready, but... If we voice your name, they should know that we travel. Other scouts will know. That we travel within these yes. safe confines of your yes. peoples. Okay. Until no, it's just say, I want to kill Straw. No follower of Straw would be able to say that. You're not wrong with that. You know. You're if you go around right. saying you want to kill Strahd, you're going to make friends with the wrong people. That's true. exactly my thoughts. But we're not here to make friends, are we? We're not here to make we're friends, but we're technically not here to kill Strahd either. So, yeah. We're, what, we I'm, are. what I'm trying to say is you will probably find the not-so-friendly end of their sword. Well, good thing I have a big sword. Hmm. Hmm. Well, it, does anyone else have any questions for... The scout. Nope. Do you have any uh, information on the path that we are traveling to, Velaki, that we should be wary of? No. The road is pretty straightforward. As long as we travel during the day. Stay on the road during the day. I would not recommend stopping on the roadside at night. Are there any places to forage? Because we have a, a member that. Likes to forge. I got you. <laughs> there are plenty of flora throughout the woods. Stay away from the mist. Use some common sense. Some of the plants can be very deadly. If you are unfamiliar with it, I would not recommend putting it in your mouth. Oh, don't put it in my mouth. <laughs> 
That's All right. English. That could be said for a lot of things here in Baratheon. I'd imagine. <clears throat> Anyone else got anything to ask? Nope. Have fun doing your And With that, they give Irina a nod, safe travels. And they disappear back into the brush. All right, guys. We stick to the road. We can forage as long as we're not in the mist. Let's press. Press on. As long as we're pressing while the sun is up. And I'd imagine this is a uh, normal sun cycle, so we should be good for a couple hours. So you continue down the trail and soon the river bends once more out of sight and the dark woods surround the road once again. Finally, the trees pull away, revealing a tall cliff at the base of a foggy mountain slope. The air is cold and damp here and soft wisps of fog swirl towards the base of the cliff. Even here in the mountains, the forest and the fog are inescapable. Ahead, the dirt road splits to, into two, winding towards the east. There you see patches of cobblestone suggesting that the eastern branch was once an important thoroughfare. From up the road, you hear the sound of horses' hooves as they pound upon the cobblestone, accompanied by the creak of a carriage being pulled behind it. Mm. Uh, you don't want to go that way. Because yeah, that's not, probably... We're not veering that way. We're <laughs> <just> <laughs> probably sure. going back home. Is, it, is the sound approaching? Yes. Okay. Maybe it's coming our way, so... We should probably, like, maybe get off the road. Take hide. Yeah. 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 Yeah, is there anything we can hide? Well, like, yeah. 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 All right. Sorry. We, we know it's Strahd. I mean, it might not have ill No, we, would, we don't want a confrontation. Where'd she go? What if it is Strahd? Yeah. Because he arrived in the carriage, in the yeah. side of the carriage, right? Like and he's, pro- he's probably going to want homegirl. Leaf was in the we can just hide her and push her in the bush. bush. Bitch, move it. Well, I suppose if it was Strahd, it didn't matter if we hide or not. We're gonna so hide. Sure. All right, what are y'all doing? Uh, Intelligent little baby. I guess we can... Let's hide in the bush. Go down the other road. Are you hiding or are you staying on the road? Definitely not staying in the road, right? Because they're going to find out the... Yeah, I'm not going to lie. Is it part of the right side? Huh? Is it the right side of the road? You don't know. You just hear it. I know it's My spell is plus seven. I could hide. We can hide. Like, our height is at plus zero. So do you want to go... Like, our spell check is better for knocked unconscious. Probably. Do you want to go far enough to where, like, you can still see the road, but we're still covered by the trees if there's trees around? There is trees. Yeah, I'm not so. Do y'all want to just like? All right, yeah. Y'all hide. We'll stay on the road. As y'all are discussing it, a large black carriage drawn by two black horses begins coming. I'm jumping in the bush. Y'all go to the bush. We will be on the road, stepping aside for the carriage. I'm. I'm gonna be on the road. You're gonna try to hide. Probably attempting. Oh, I'm not gonna try to hide. The biggest thing is make sure gonna, we hide Irina. Yes. Yeah, like yeah. Um, yeah. They have I'll take. Ability. So she only has like the armor and her dress on. She has nothing She has plate. She's got plate armor. Yeah, but she doesn't have anything like covering her. Or no, not on her head. Okay, so I'll take my like uh, cloak and I'll fucking That's like. 
cloak her, make sure her red hair is covered and all that jazz, and then like grab her and we'll go to the woods with everybody else. Alright, who all's hiding? I'll try. I ain't trying. Alright. You can't have stand Are you hiding yeah. or are you staying on the road? Are you hiding? Good answer. Good answer. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the consequences are. Yes, hide. So I'm, I'm in a tree. Uh, <laughs> Alright, she's spiked. I'll lean against a tree. Yeah. No, I have I'm my uh, sword put away, but I have my shield out. All right, so. Nobody saw me spider You see the black carriage from your hiding spots. Is anybody on the road? I'm on the side of the road. I'm on the side. Like, I stepped, I stepped aside to let the carriage. Okay. So you see the black carriage pull into view. The horses snorting puffs of steam and the chilly mountain air as the carriage pulls up beside you and comes to a stop. The side door swings open silently. Those of you that are hiding, oh. stay hidden. Oh, okay. for oh, I thought you were gonna be like, I'm not hidden. I, I know you're the I'm not hidden. Oh, no, damn it. And you see a man come out of the carriage. Sweet. Please and you recognize shot. this man as the very same man that you just saw at the funeral earlier that day. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> I'm just gonna close my eyes. <laughs> I, I, I tremble. <laughs> I tremble, yes. Show no fear. Those of y'all hiding, all of a sudden, you hear a low growl behind each of you. And you see a large dire wolf as sneaking up behind you, baring its teeth. There is one behind each one of you. Oh, lovely. Except for you. <laughs> You're in a tree. <laughs> the wolves give a low growl. They bare their teeth. These wolves are the size of horses. They're very large. Foam dripping from their mouths as their canines are exposed. Each one has their eyes fixed on you. The tree that you have climbed is not very high. So they can jump. It's yes, I know. When he steps out, I'll like make a bow to him. I greet you, my lordship. True. <laughs> <laughs> I look. The wolves step towards you hurdling you back towards the road. I'm still, my daggers at wolves, but. I'm still gripping my great sword. This Bless is not a regular wolf. Right, yeah, this is right. a dire wolf. Yeah, dire wolf. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Horse is the right. wolf. I walk up to the carriage close to where Seth is at. It's like, I will, yeah. Hands up, be like. You caught me. Yeah. Right, obviously we're here. Yeah. yeah. Just like looking. So the man kind of looks at each of you as you step out of the, the woods and he says, So nice of you to join us. And who might you be, sir? Oh, I am Strahd von Zarvich. I am the lord of this land, Sathriel. I know who you are. Ooh. Join us. And I know who you are, Sato. How do you know that? I know everything that happens in my land. Impressive. What is your purpose on traveling this far from your castle, sir? I am coming from 
a meeting. That was very important. Since I was already away from the castle, I felt it was imperative to conduct some business. What brings you away from the village of Barovia? Well, we just put the uh, guy, the f person. Irina's of... father, tourist. No, I don't want to say her name yeah. because yeah. he, he wants her. Right now. We just put the previous burgermaster. That guy. The burgermaster. The, the burgermaster to uh, rest, and they were requiring hands of strength. So oh, yes, I saw you there. I'm, I'm glad to finally get to meet the newcomers to my domain. My friends have told me so much about you all. Your little spies? And how do they know so much about us? Well, when somebody comes into this domain, gets attention, and I've heard quite a bit about you. I know about your fun that you had at the Durst Manor. For starters. So, and he looks over each of you. You you almost feel like he's looking at a, a toy, a trinket that he wants to play with. I have toys, I give this. I give it to no so, are you, is no <laughs> so are you familiar with individuals traveling from lands afar coming into your lands? It happens from time to time. And do you know how this happens? Usually the Bastani want to play some games and brings people in to have a little fun. So is this uh, Madam Ava and uh, what was the other guy's name? Stanismir. Stanismir, uh, playing games with us. Probably. Oh, so I thought you, you say... knew. Every, I thought you knew everything that went around. Well, you I don't know everything that the Vistani do. I don't pay them much attention. So the Vistani aren't someone or a group of people you control because they can leave. They, I let them have their fun as they wish. They did me a, a service long ago, and as a reward, I let them come and go and do as they please. What did they do for you? That's my own business. How do you reward them? I let them come and go. They're the only ones that I What if we wanted to keep going? What do we have to do for that? You can't. Okay, just deny it. You will no. now fall under my domain. Okay. Oh, man. I'm about to head back to my castle. The question is, what are you doing, being her? <laughs> what is he doing? And I'm not to beat her to let him know and then, we are just passing. We're before just you even have traveling. time, before <laughs> you have time to answer, his eyes kind of look back at you and he looks beside you. 
to the woman covered. Oh, and he goes, Irina. My dear lady, Koliana. I started praying. <laughs> oh, no, I it is so nice to see you. I step in front of Irina. Oh, there's no need. I would never hurt the young lady. I know you wouldn't. <coughs> From my interactions, it seems that you love her to no ends meet. Love her to death. Yeah, Lord. But. Literally. We are here as her servants. Are we? Well, what a kind endeavor of you. That's very nice. So, do you make a point of constant heroic deeds? I don't make points of heroic deeds but I make points of staying alive. Well, but I've, I've heard such wonderful things, such as your exploits at a turn house at the edge of my domain. And if you heard correctly, it was not heroic, it was, for our survival. Yes, but mm, compassion was definitely involved. Did you not bury the remains of three children? Some of my companions did. That was uh I was more <laughs> of making sure that we kept our heads attached to our bodies. Well, yes, and I definitely heard about your fierce and fiery valor in your fight against the flesh mound at that same manner. Yes. And your cunningness in escaping from the house. Yes, we did make it out of there with, like I said, our heads attached to our shoulders. So like I previously stated, we, are not about heroic deeds, more so our survival. Indeed. I did that. Well, let me pose you this question. Proceed. Immediately <laughs> upon entry to my lands, you caused great damage to a group of my servants, the occupants of that particular house. I'd relied upon those servants to bring me specimens of interest, but your activities have left them somewhat indisposed. Why should I not punish you for your crimes against them. What had they done to you for you to go in there and do that? I look back at my companions and ask, anything y'all wanted me to say to this motherfucker? We went into their domain. We were asked to. Exactly, exactly <laughs> not the choice. 
Either we were asked to by, well, what we thought were two real children and ended up being apparitions of something so, unknown to us. Marina. Oh, sorry. Balina. Balina. Oh, yes, Pardon me. <laughs> Do you think of yourself as a hero? Do you think you saved those children? Yeah. No, we did not save the children, but we did put them to rest. You think so, huh? I feel like From we did what we put their spirits to rest. Yes. It's, it's sad just how mistaken you are in that thought. How so? Might I, well, might I suggest that you return to the Durst Manor before you proceed to Vilat. There's no Durst Manor. Oh, I think you'll be quite surprised to find just how your measly actions have very little impact upon my lands. Oh, so you were playing a game with us, that's what Oh, I didn't play a game. Oh, then what did It's your land. It's Who's... my land, but I didn't make you go into that house, did I? Yes, you did. No. Not at all. The fog. fog was following us and we had no choice but to take refuge in that. The fog just sits there. The fog is there. I don't control uh, the fog. So how does the fog go around you whenever you step, the fog dissipates? But who, who was it that um, witnessed the, the fog turn into a bat? Who would have... Sorry. Him. There were evil forces in that fog, and that fog was following on us. And you know that to be true. I don't control the fog. What happened? I highly doubt that, sir. With the lore of this land, I have a feeling you have control over just about everything. So, I need... Marina. Oh. I need Safriel. Oh. And I need Typer. Roll me a wisdom saving throw. I rolls, baby. Oh, nice. Roll bow and get Okay. <laughs> 21. Yeah, lots of you get? He's 18. Oh, nice. 16. 16. His mouth is a straight line. So, as he's talking, Sathriel. You feel that everything he's saying makes absolute sense. You feel that this man would not lie to you. That he's telling you the absolute truth and you trust him 100%. And you will do anything that he says. Lovely. I got a 20 for that one. You hired for this one? <laughs> yeah. I got a 20 Well, shit. Okay, okay there, Strahd. What's the name? Crazy eye. And as he looks at you, he says, Cythriel, come here to me, please. Yes, sir. <laughs> and you come over to him, and he looks at you, and he says, you look like such a tasty morsel. Oh, Jesus. That's where I've been told. And he grabs you at the shoulder 
He puts his hand on your head, pulls your head to the side, exposing a little bit of flesh between your helmet and your armor. And he sinks his teeth deep into your neck. And you feel him take deep drafts of blood from you. You take 10 points of necrotic damage. You need some milk. <laughs> <laughs> he needs a lot of milk. <laughs> he needs a transfusion. What you mean? I'm at seventeen. I'm good. Need some milk. Yes, you take eleven points. And you, you will milk. be charmed for the next twenty-four hours. Oh. Ten points. So did so, he in a, a typer? Did we pass? Yes. Yes. Oh, so he kind of pushes you to the side after he's had his fill. Ten points of damage. And he, he looks at the rest of you. He says, since you are escorting Irina, I will agree to let you depart the crossroads safely to Velaki. And I agree to forgive any transgressions that you committed against my servants at the Durst house. However, you must remember these are my lands. And these are my rules. Do not cross me. And he looks at each of you. Yes, daddy. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> drop. Yes, master. That's right, my dear child. Child And look at that smile on his face. I am no liar. We both know that deception is for the weak. Men, without even a farewell, he turns and he gets into his carriage and the driver snaps the reins and he starts to drive off as the dire wolves emerge from the woods and follow behind. Thank God. Now you're going to kiss goodbye. I'll bet you disappointed. No bit. That's dry guy, certainly an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Just light on my light leave, you know? Did we already heal the bathroom? No. Nope. Okay. Does anybody have the... Well, I mean, we know you're able. She has two healing portions, right? Yeah, it's like, Oh, we do have healing portions. Oh, we gotta use them wisely. I'm healing portions. But she can also do lay, lay on hands, right? Like I said, I'm only 17 to 27, so... Me. You got so. nommed. Yeah. I got, yeah. <laughs> you got nommed. Yep, nommed. And you are currently charmed. Yep. So, Strut while you're charmed, charmed, you just think Strahd is the greatest. <laughs> yep. Hey guys, no. Why are we? No. Why are we? Hey guys, no. Why are we fighting this guy again? No. We're not. Yeah. Yeah. Turn him. Turn him murder murder hobo like into a pacifist, right? Yeah. First, we're not fighting. We're not gonna kill anyone here. We're not fighting him, bro. We're just trying to figure out. I'm gonna take a sword with. 
You want to hurt? You want to hurt Strahd? You want to hurt Daddy? No. 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 We never said that. You want to hurt Daddy? We never <laughs> said that. We're just trying to get Irene into like. Y'all don't. It's a Strahd would have a daddy cave. I'm just saying, Mr. You're not. You're not gonna hurt Daddy. I'm just saying, Mr. Strahd. You're not hurting Daddy. We can take Irene to Velaki. That's what you're I'm just saying, you're not hurting Daddy. That's what I'm saying. We'll give him smooches. Good thing we got this recording. Not, not, as, not as good as you, but... <laughs> Why the fuck Sound would bites. I hurt Daddy? <laughs> you're not was hurting it, Daddy. As you, like, expose you, like, expose you, like, you're like... You're not no, hurting you're Daddy. Not there, you're not there. <laughs> as I grab it. I just pat you on the shoulder, and I just like, how are you feeling? I'm, yeah, I'm good, man. Oh, what's up? Okay. <laughs> Let's get Arena over to, uh... Where are we going? Blocky. Blocky. Yeah, yeah. You're not hurting Daddy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, as you continue down the road, you come to an area. Old wooden gallow creaks in the chill wind that blows down from the opposite ground from the west. A frayed length of rope dances from its beam. The well-worn road splits here, and a signpost opposite of the gallows points off in three directions. Barovia Village to the east, Zarapool to the northwest, and Ravenloft Velaki to the southwest. The northwest fork slants down and disappears into the trees, while the southwest fork clings to an upward slope. <coughs> Across from the gallows, a low wall crumbling in place partially encloses a small plot of graves shrouded in fog. Oh? So, uh, <coughs> pool is that way. We should follow it. That's where Ava is. Right? Jess. Yeah. I vote yes. We should probably go see Madame Ava first. Jess. Yeah. Unless you want to go back to Ravenloft and see your dad. I'll see daddy. <laughs> well, we, we, we gotta make a piss stop first. Okay. <laughs> so you head towards Zarapool? You know, what kind of day is it right now? It's still daytime. It's probably about 11 oh, to noon. Like I mean, it's oh, pretty early then. Yes. Heading forge. So, <laughs> as you turn to head towards the Zarapool direction, you hear a creaking noise behind you coming from the gallows. I hear a noise, I'll look. I know, it's working. Manor. You turn. I looking at you. You're a ranger. You turn at the sound of the creaking. And where there was nothing before, now hangs a lifeless gray body. The breeze turns the hanging figure slowly so that it fixes its dead eyes upon you. And as you look, you look upon the bloated dead face of yourself. The wind carries the scent to you. It definitely smells dead. It looks dead. Must be dead. Perception check. 
But it's a you? It's a mimic. <laughs> Do I see one of you? And then it rapidly. No, you don't need a roll. It rapidly melts away as if it was nothing there. The rest of you saw nothing. I mean, I definitely was like, um, yeah. <laughs> and turned around. Yeah, y'all saw him turn around. Like, and do okay, something? Dude. It's like, <laughs> it's like, hey, um, did they hear the noise? Like, hey, hey, We only... just made that I heard the noise and I turned. Yeah. Okay. We only see you turn around. So it's like, hey, Mr. Uh, Her. You good? Are, are you okay? Yeah. You look like you see I just thought we were going in the wrong direction. Yeah, we're good. Okay. All right. Don't hurt daddy. I'll give him a little pat on the back. Like, are you good to keep going? Yeah. We're good. Sure you okay? Yeah. You look like just saw a ghost. Where? <laughs> 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 did you see something? <laughs> I didn't see anything, sir, but you look well, a little spooked. That's all I'm saying. If you're good to go, then we're good to go. Yeah, we're good. Okay. All right. Well, let's keep going. All right. So <laughs> as you continue down the road, you suddenly hear the sound of a distressed bird calling above you. And all of a sudden, directly in front of you, crashes a raven with blue-tipped wings. You recognize it as the very same raven that you met that led you to the village of Barovia. Is it hurt? Yeah, oh, yeah. It crashes into the road at your feet, visibly wounded. Oh. As you look, you see that the wings and the torso have been penetrated by dozen small silver barbs, leaving it unable to fly. I'm gonna pick up the raven. You're gonna pick it up? Yes. All right, what are you gonna do with it? Yes, I'm gonna it. No, I'm gonna, I don't know if they're, how badly is it wounded? Is it like, is it fatal? It's not dead, but. Maybe I'm we gonna, could try to remove these barbs so it could fly. Yeah, I'm gonna remove the, the barbs and then I'm gonna hand it to Kerfina so she can ha- heal it. Alright. Your fucking potions can heal birds. <coughs> I don't give a shit. I'm not saying just cast Before yeah. you have the opportunity <laughs> to remove the barbs, you hear a terrible grating shriek. <coughs> and you see a creature that looks like an artificial bird. It's crafted out of wood and animal skins, burlap, and hundreds of black raven feathers. And it shrieks and it comes after you. Everybody roll for initiative. It's coming after you. Me specifically? It's coming after all of y'all. So all of a sudden, this huge fake bird. I know it's strict, so the Comes down, shrieks at you, and begins an attack. Flask, you are up first. Start flying in the air. Okay. It is about to swoop down on you guys. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll. Uh, 
I'll drop my sword off ready in action and make an attack at the bird if it comes up within reach. Alright. Perfina! I do some. Also, just in case, you never know. You never know. Forever swinging. Uh, with the eyes closed. You, know, you get picked, it's like, oh shit. Okay. Yeah. I highly no. doubt a nine is going to hit. So. A nine does not hit. Fuck. Yeah. Marina, you're up. Alright, so I'm going to try to um, throw one of my daggers. Hopefully. Alright. 23? 23. Yeah, that hits. Mm. Yeah, it does. Of course it does. Perfect <laughs> in every way. So you throw your dagger, it sinks into the burlap side of this creature, but it sticks. So you do not have your dagger. Hey, we better get my dagger back. She said six. <laughs> All right, Beaner. That's me. That's you. <laughs> That's me. Fifteen. Fifteen hits. Ooh. I'm gonna do the. All right. Longbows. Longbows. Here we go. Are you ready? Ready. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. Are you ready? Eleven. Eleven Damn. points of damage. Oh. All right. So the bow sink or the arrow sinks into it right next to where her dagger is. And the Strix lets out a loud cry. How? Oh, fuck. <laughs> the Strix is pissed at you. Oh, of course. <laughs> No, you can't. Wait, I... <laughs> so, use the sword it arms Thanks. its tail spike, which uh-huh. is a ranged weapon. Oh, no. Bullshit. Yeah. Bird got a ranged weapon. First he's racist, and now he's a range. It sends out these metal spikes flying at you, but it is in pain, I guess, because they completely miss you. But as it cries out in frustration and pain, two flocks of smaller Strix join into the mix. I'm sorry, guys. Your attack Say, 3L, you are up. Don't forget, Mr. Charm. My great sword. So now you have the the big Strix and two small flocks of Strix. These are about the size of ravens. The they look like the big ones? one. Yeah. The, the one up there on the skull. That's a raven right now. Yeah. I'm gonna hit they, the big one. They are about the size of a raven, but they look like this other thing. They're made out of the wood and burlap and, and fake feathers. I'm gonna go after the big one. Okay. No. Okay. Just kidding. So it'd be like one, two, and three. Like 16. Ooh, 16 nice. hits. With a great sword. Up to 2d6 plus two. Six. Six. Hey, we both got six. Okay, good job. 
You swing your sword, however, this thing is still out of range. So you only hit air. Switch. Leo! Do you have any other weapons, bro? Elder Scrolls is this thing. It's about 15 feet in there. Gotcha. Elder Scrolls. I'm gonna manifest a psychic dagger and throw it at him. Okay. 17. 17 hits. Ten points of damage. Oh. Sadel, you are up next. You are always next. Sit down. Wait, oh, shit. <laughs> okay. Eighteen. Eighteen hits. Alright. Nine, eight. All right, 11 so 11 points. points of damage on the big one? Yes. All right. Big now, so the swarms of Strix come after y'all. And they're coming And they are going to bite at you with their beaks. And they are going to go for Leo first. The first swarm is going to go after Leo. Twenty-one. So it hits. You take seven points of piercing damage from that swarm. The second swarm, and it flies off. The second swarm is going to go after Typher. Thirteen. It does not hit. So just as they're coming in to hit you, for some reason they swarm away and move the opposite direction. They're getting a better angle. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Who said you want Flask. You are up. Flask. Yep. Uh, I'll just take a Flask. defensive stance over the people near me, and I'll prepare an action to attack. Any other birds that they come close. Okay. So, Kerfina. How much does this do you have to look? I have 17. Okay. All right, so. No, I know what else I'm writing. Right now. Kerfina, go ahead. I'm so sorry. <laughs> He's just like, we have no. 23 hits. Good amount of I skipped my house. <laughs> my max is 33. It's okay. He, he knows you're welcome. It's okay. I'm sure he really cares about it. <laughs> I've done it before. You got mad at it. Oh. oh, no. I was. Uh, All right. Was so. 13 points of damage. What kind of damage are we doing? Huh? What What did we do? Uh, it's like. Hmm. All right. Oh, no. I take the back. No, 
15 damage on Dragon Bolt, which is radiant damage. But the last thing about the psychic damage. I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm worried about losing I went and read it. I was like, mm, hold up. <laughs> yeah, she don't want the Eldritch Blast. I wish I had that would be fucking hard. Does anyone have Eldritch Blast? Alright. Use that. I know that now. After Marina. Sword, I was like, ooh, try. Shit. Okay, um, yeah. I'm gonna try to, uh, I have, well, I'm gonna use my can, uh, is it cantrip or spell slot for, uh, create or destroy water? <laughs> Somehow, I'm gonna try to fucking, like, <laughs> one of the birds out of the this guy, we'll see how it works. Are you going after the big one or one of the flocks? Um, well, the big one stole my dagger, so I kind of want to... Okay. I want to go after the big one. Uh, is it just a d20 for it? Because it doesn't have any... I don't know. D20 to hit. Right. D20 to hit. Uh, so I got a 16 on that. 16 hits. So I'm... Um, <laughs> What did you change? Uh, We're trying to hit with uh, uh, Create or destroy water. So I want to just uh, do a nice little fucking uh, water. Um, cause I can just, is, there any, is there any water on the uh, bird? On the Strix? Well, there's about to be. Because it will No, I can create or destroy water. What the uh, hell is that? So it just, says, yeah, it just says I can use it. So I yes, right. So if I pass the rule, I guess I, I use it. All right. So that spell you create up to ten gallons of clean water within range of an open container. Oh. Or the water can fall as rain in a thirty-foot cube within range. It's, Extinguishing exposed flames in the area. A water cube. Damn. So, I can't do that. You, you made rain. You can. You made rain for it. Um, you made rain. <laughs> yeah, okay. But that's about it. Yeah, well, you just got it wet. I made it gloomy, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, would you like to go into my crossbow? No, well, I have a crossbow on here, but not on the paper, so I'll wait till it's on the paper. But no, so I just made it rain and made everybody really gloomy. I'm sorry. Beaner! Jess, that's me. So now that's the, bird, you. the bird's wet. Um, I will like to do a Hunter's so Prey, uh, which is a Colossus, a Slayer. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I'm going to roll for. Yep. Nine. Does not hit. Nine. Plus the, plus the Nine. Nine. He was confident. Though. You gotta give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Seventeen. Never mind. Okay. Whew. So you get to Jesus. now with the. Uh, Colossus Slayer, did you roll your extra 1d8 for damage? Yeah, I haven't rolled damage. No, I haven't rolled for Oh, okay, I'm sorry. That was just a hit. You hit. I'm, my brain's fogging. Ooh, his name is so Ooh, it's nice. 17. 17 yeah. points of damage. Yes. All right. So it lets out a howl. Howl. Shriek. Oh. 
spawn some Come more. Come on. Somebody needs to give me another shot for this yeah. shit. Yeah. 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 And oh, it wow. is going to go after you again, so being her. That thing is racist. So come at me, Chris. And it is going to come after you. Why is it a hater? With its bite. It is going to swoop down and bite you. I know, I know. So he's going to have a reaction. So, let's see if it hits you first. Okay. If you roll a 20, I swear. Miss Ma'am, you better not be. trash. <laughs> and it misses. Oh, Jesus. I did get a two. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. So, go ahead and roll for your hit. Watch these Don't. Come on, Father Isaac. Yeah, I missed. Oh. What'd you get? Uh, <laughs> Can I, can I put guidance on that? Eight. Wait, I was about to say, can I put guidance on them before we roll? Too late. Yeah. God damn it. Eight misses. So you swing at it as it flies past and goes back out of reach. You like that. So wait, so he injured it pretty well, though, right? Yeah, it's, it's I mean, it's, yes. it's almost dead. All right. It's almost and dead. And I made a rain, I'm sorry. Now that he's back, let me let Typher have a turn. Go ahead. Hello, big girl. I, I told okay. Like, we were sure she really loves you. It's okay. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not worried about it. Alright, I'm gonna cast uh, yeah. Blood Curse of Binding on this fucker. Roll me a strength saving throw. Mm -hmm. No, I don't want another mic. Fuck you. Hmm? Yep. Oh, that's some cold. Nat one. Yeah. 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 one. I rolled a nat one. Yeah. So four. Hey, all those twenties. Yeah, I said one. Okay. So four. <laughs> Would you, uh... Boom! Want to amplify the curse? Yeah, because you'll keep breaking them. Sure. I'm going to roll dice to uh, damage myself. Not bad at all. I think it's Yep. Okay. Oh, that one's strong. The red ones are strong. The creature is now bound. Was it flying before? It was flying. So now it falls from the sky. Okay. Just for those ones that means Marina gets her. We'll be able to get her. There you go. So for one minute. I keep getting like the really full ones. You are now bound. You can. Like Your speed is reduced oh, to zero, yeah. and you can't take reaction until the end of my next one. Okay. I can fucking great sword it too. Go ahead. Yeah. You were up, Seth Thriel. I can great sword it versus, uh, yeah, you know, I can ever just pass the other. Oh, we're still focusing on the number one. Because there's still two smaller ones, right? There's two smaller And we're all pretty much just going to the top. And this one. Sorry, scarf. This one's almost dead. It is a nice scarf. That's why I like when they play. I say go for the big ones. The big ones don't look like orange. I think it must be. I feel like it's stronger. The big ones may the less it might fly out. Possibly. Is it easy? Here, the thorn will eat them. Attack. The, uh, great sword, the lesser, or the uh, strength. Okay. The girls, big girls, come on. 
17, 18, 21. 21 hits. Two D6s plus two. Yeah, come on. So we're all going to pick up the bridge. It's a bonus. It's a bonus. It's a bonus. It's Chop that motherfucker's head off. So wood and burlap just go flying, black feathers fly into the air and float down as you just cleave this thing in half. Cleave my sword and my legs are up in the air. Just However, it has no effect on the two clocks. All right. So. Leo, you are up. Yes. I will. These are mine. I'm going to use my... These are up in the air. Yes, they're about... They're hovering and flying around about 10 to 15 foot off the ground. I'm going to try and... Uh, I'm going to use my uh, short stuff. Okay. On the first set? Yeah, the first set. And I got 17. On what one? I need you to roll with disadvantage, though. Because you're using your short, uh, short bow, you said? Mm -hmm. Okay, roll with disadvantage. No, Papa Strat, don't do <laughs> Still 17. 17, all right, roll for damage. Let's go, yeah, let's go. That's six. Six points of damage. Yep. All right, Sadal. I'm gonna go for, how far up in the air? They're about 10, about 10 to 12 feet. 10 to 15 in that range. Okay, roll with disadvantage. Oh, it means yeah. roll twice and you have to use the smaller of the two. Um, 11 does not hit. So, the flocks are going to attack. Alright, um, they're going to go for Leo first. <laughs> 20, so it hits. No, definitely not. They're rolling, <laughs> they're rolling high. <laughs> okay. It's like, change your dice. You take five points of damage. Hey, yeah. The second set is going to go for their attack, and they are going to go after Plask. Now let's go. Plask. What does Plask have to say? They go, they hit for 21. Are you serious? Damn. You take four points of damage. Oh, I thought that was, I thought 21 was the damage. Oh, no. I took 21 damage. Yeah. I was so worried. I was like, my God. All right, Typer, you were up. He has like four. Califord. Both are still alive, both are airborne. Both are airborne, they're about 10 to 15 feet off the ground. How far away is it? Over 10 to 15 feet off the ground. Yeah, but like 
distance-wise? They're okay. in range. I'm gonna go, let me use my crossbow. Mm, Disadvantage, right? Disadvantage. Okay. So. Is that you got a whole thing? It was, no, uh, yeah, I was already. Is it, so we were, we were good when we were talking about my plan. Nine levels. As long as Nine does not hit. Mm. All right, Plask, you're up. Let's go. So they're like 15 feet up? They're about 10 to 15 feet. I'll just ready an action attack on if they come nearby. Okay. Uh, Kerfina. Uh, 17? 17 hits. Um, 18 damage on the one. What are you using? Guiding Bolt. Okay. AKA radiant damage. Okay. On the one that hasn't had too much damage on One has not had any damage. So I'll hit that one for the, I can say, damn. And 30, 18 points of damage. 18 points of damage. Get it. Yeah. All right, and <laughs> the whoever attacks it next That's right. has advantage on attack rolls. Attack so, so if you whoever attacks it next, it keeps going. Or and that was number two. Did you attack? Yeah, it was number two. Yeah, it was okay. number two. Okay. So whoever is right after me, attack that one because you get advantage. All right, so that would be Marina is up next. All right. Uh, I mean, Belina. Yes. Marina. Big, big. Well, so figure it out. The short term, I'll, I'll, I'll. Uh, what are you hitting with? Uh, I was going to try to do a Shape of Water spell. What shape of water? Wait, uh, no. because I made it rain beforehand. Okay, what shape of water do? Do I have to roll for it? I don't know. You tell mm-hmm. me. Tell her what. what I mean, it's just a, a spell slot. So tell her what it does. Yes, it should give you a good description. You choose an area of water that you can see within range and that fits within a five foot cube. You manipulate it in one of the following ways. You instantaneously move it. All right. The first thing it says, though, is it does not have enough force to cause damage. Oh. So, I would suggest using a crossbow or something. Yeah. So, we're doing a crossbow. Hold up. Wait. Wait. Hold on. Jeez. Jeez. Okay. You can freeze it, provided there's no creature in it. Okay, then I'm allowed. So we, me and Sapphire uh, came up with a plan that was no good. Uh, I lied. Uh, da, 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 da. I only have. You so, can use. So I have my crossbow in my like weapon spec, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I take that out. Oh shit. Oh, and I said, if you attack the second one, you have a Sure. Crossbow. Do you need so her advantage and the disadvantage from attacking with the crossbow that cancel out or what? I'll let her have advantage. So, well, uh, 18 if I have the crossbow. 18 is a hit. Okay. And the eight. Is it the eight? Thank you. Nice. 19, 11, 12, 13 damage. 13 damage. All right, Beaner. That's me. That's you. So, oh, and I went for the one with less damage. Yes. Okay. 
Good. Which is the one that you had, that you yeah. took care of. So uh, now that she's attacked it, there's no more advantage. So yep. she doesn't have to. Rookie. Okay. You didn't go well. You're not so good. <laughs> 15. 15 hits. Yeah, right, Are you going for the first block or the second? Which one has the most damage number two? Number two has the most damage on. Lay on my yeah, sure. Okay. I'm gonna use again my longbow. All right. I'm gonna do the. Uh, He's laying on the foot. Cool. Okay. Ten. Ten points. Nice. Beaner. Yes. How do you want to do this? Oh, Pull it. <laughs> I just aimed. I'm aiming and I'm like, oh shit, and I freaking just <laughs> let it go. How many are in each slot? And I want it to go Doesn't. through its eye. Through, well, through the send it through the the whatever. Yes. The entire flock, and somehow it just, just like explodes explode. one of them and it kills <laughs> all. Perfect. Sounds good. All right. Uh, Sethriel. Eldritch Black. Sethriel, you're up. There's one flock left. Although I should have made your roll with this one. Sorry. Oh, yeah. But I'm not going to go back. I never get a final kill. Alright, I'm going to hex this one. Gone! Freaking idiots. I never get a final kill. So, There'll be plenty of opportunities. I don't think I've gotten one yet, even in the So game. Hex is a bonus action. It's like and it'll take one D six somewhere yeah, as long you, as I hit. Right. I never get the final bullet. Oh what? You're and my Oh, yeah. 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 Five. Three. Three, but it's hexed. Three. All right, Leo, you're up. A two and a one, yeah. Wait, I do have yeah, a question. Yeah, yeah, yes. So for the shape of water, it said no creature can be decided. Does, because the, um, whatever, whatever they're called, like they're made out of void, so they are still creatures. Yeah. All right, they're yeah, categorized as creatures. Sorry, I'm trying to find loopholes. Don't worry about it. Once you get that, you're going to use another psychic blade. Okay. Eight hours. Killing them while fire is making you go dark. Yep. A creature is a thing that you that is killed. Twenty-four. Twenty-four hits. Nice. <laughs> Damn. Eleven. Eleven points. Alright, Sadel. You're up. So All right, come on. Are you 
Do crossbow again? Well, considering I can't do much Okay, of roll with disadvantage. That one. That one. I try to aim, you but end up... Fucking put the cross of the bolt in the crossbow and your fingers are slippery from the rain that Belina made, so it slips out of your fingers and hits the ground. Sorry, bro. You'll get it next time. My bad. It's okay. My so, other, it's okay. My other rule was a five. So the stricts are going to go after Sadal. That sounds good. Did they hit him? Oh yeah. 23 to hit. So they come flying in with your beaks. You take eight points of damage, but um, mark it. Um, Plask is going to go for a come action. Come on. For a reaction. There we go. 21. Let's 21 go. hits. For a whopping 10 points of damage. 10 nice. points. Alright. Typher, you are up. Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't want to use your acrobatics. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I feel like that's on that one. It's like, you feel it? <laughs> Roll over the gate. We'll just call it, no, uh, miss one. What'd you get? That one. Let's call it a good attempt. So. Lucky. Lucky. Your hands are also slippery from the rain. <laughs> you you put the crossbow in, but when you hit the trigger, it kind of flies the opposite way. Could've shot somebody. Plask, you're up. <laughs> Are you just going ready? All right, so if Perfina. Does anyone need healing before I do an attack? No, I'm still at 17. Kill these I'm still at uh, little wooden turds. <laughs> I think I'm the only one that's really like, down down. I, mean, I thought the rain I would have taken 17 out of 27. I'm just going to say yeah, before I ran up on a chase of water, yeah, I thought like, getting wet was going to help a lot. Daddy drank. I'm, 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 I'm really going to go with the ball. I need. I'm going to go with the ball. 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 I'm going to how do you want to do How would you like to do this? Get Guiding bolt. Go ahead, describe it. And a butt. <laughs> so I raise my hands, a light or a beam of light comes out, and it may well, I guess I guess you could say they explode in light. There you go. Oh shit. The 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 rain of feathers. Floats down upon you and mixes in the mud from the rain. <laughs> and all of the creatures are dead. Get your dagger back. Um, go ahead and roll me a d10. 
<laughs> or actually, just roll me a d8. Perfect. What? I have it right here. Four. One. Four. You do not get your arrow back. It's okay. I didn't mean it. <laughs> All right. So, you now, you have the raven in your... No, I have it. I, I thought you gave it to her. No. I okay, so, you have the raven in your hands. Mm-hmm. No, it is not dead, but it is definitely injured. <laughs> what do you do? Kill it. No. 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 I'm gonna try to take the the little things that are in it out, and then. All right. Give, give me it. a medicine check. I swing my sword. And I'm gonna give it to uh, Corfina to heal it. Let's see. Plus. Plus potato arms and potato arms. Alright, so you are able to remove these barbs out of this bird's body and its wings. But as you do, the bird goes unconscious. No. Mm, she said it's Alright, so give me a medicine check. A medicine check? I'm about to, I was just going to cast your wound on it. But. Okay. It, cast your wounds. It's healed for 16 points of health. Alright, so it heals slowly. It opens its eyes. Does not appear that it's going to be able to fly right now. I'm going to keep my hold on it. Give it, nope, I'm taking it back from you. This is mine now. I found it. Nope, I'm taking it. Nope, this is mine. Are you mine. partial to bird people because of your past life? What? <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> Perhaps. <laughs> All right. So you you tuck the bird Crowbid. inside your, your shirt and it happily stays there. Um, and I just, so, and I lightly stroke its head. I'm like, it's all right. Everything's gonna be okay. All right. I ask, what's its name? Is it Crovid? Mm, uh, its name is E E E E And the bird just kind of caws at y'all. So, you begin heading back down the road in Sadal. You start to feel some movement coming from the satchel that is on your back. The one that you have been holding and and kind of guarding during the night. Mm-hmm. You want hey, more? hey, guys, guys, uh, can you give me a moment? I need to check my satchel. Did he burn? Your satchel? No. Are you Mine. What? Let me check my satchel. Do what you gotta do. So, I check my satchel. What do I see? You pull out the rusty old watch as he pulls the satchel off his back and pulls it to the front. And you see the movement coming from the satchel. Guys, guys, it's time. I can't believe it's happening now. It's time. He, he reaches into the satchel and he pulls out a large egg. 
No, no, don't, don't be doing that, Kurt. Looks like we're What's having up? omelets tonight. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. So you have, on you have food this whole time. Do I get to describe it? Yes. So, Sato pulls out a large pearl-colored egg. Okay. And it is shifting around and it starts to crack. It starts to crack. It cracks very slowly and sporadically and out pops out the head of a small gray dragon. A wyvern. And then, and then it kind of ca- crawls out of its shell and it kind of looks around and it peers into the eyes of every single one of y'all looking around of its surroundings. And it looks at all of y'all with a sense of curiosity. And I said, what the heck did you get that from? I found it somewhere. <laughs> I don't have it on the stick, but let's go. We'll get that fire going. <laughs> oh, hell no. Y'all, y'all ain't eating this. This is my kid. Well, just kidding. Congratulations yeah, on being yeah. a, a gray worm. Mm-hmm. A gray wyvern. The, the, the bird kind of looks at this wyvern. And it immediately pops out of your shirt and hops over to Kerfina. <laughs> Don't worry, it ain't gonna hurt you yet. Not unless I train it to, so y'all better stay on my good side or else I'm gonna be training. Uh, I'll figure out a name for it later because I didn't name it yet. Um, Egbert. Egbert. <laughs> so I'll figure, I'll figure, I'll. I'll frame it. Yeah. Okay. Wow. It's a time for celebration, okay. guys. Yeah. Have a baby. So stay, stay on my goal, my good side, or else I shall train Egbert over here to attack y'all. Yeah, it's a great dragon. From my experiences with this type of livestock, dragons aren't ones to uh, be trifled with, much less a gray. Wait, is it a dragon or is it a wyvern? It's a wyvern. And at least it is not chromatic. Yeah, it's a way Something that has a dragon-like appearance. These things aren't to be taken lightly. So, (laughs) you wouldn't want to. (laughs) It would would probably try to kill us before we try to eat it. So let's stay on its good side until we see what its intentions are. Because just like people, they have a personality of themselves. Hopefully, when it was first born, it found somebody to imprint on. So very sure. Can you do me a favor? Yes. Yes. Pass this over to Dimitri. For inspiration, for thinking ahead and readying your weapon for the counterattacks. I give you inspiration. Father Isaac, but I got a little After the excitement of the appearance of our little wyvern friend, Egbert. Egbert. You the road <laughs> that you're traveling on gradually disappears. And is replaced by a twisted, muddy path through the trees. Deep ruts in the earth are evidence of the coming and goings of wagons. The canopy of mist and branches suddenly give way to black clouds boiling far above. There is a clearing here, 
next to a river that widens to form a small lake several hundred feet across. You see five colorful round tents, each 10 feet in diameter pitched outside a ring of four barrel top wagons. A much larger tent stands near the shore of the lake, its sagging form lit from within. Near this tent, you see eight unbridled horses drinking from the river. <laughs> the morning strain of an accordion clashed with the singing of several brightly clad figures around a bonfire. And the sheer cries of a dumb cat. A footpath continues beyond this encatch encampment. I fucked you up. Yes. Mainering north between the river and the forest's edge. In the distance, near the tents, you see 12 people standing around the fire, sipping wine. And there are three more that you see over by the wagons. Is this intent for we're supposed to be, uh, is this, where, is it, are we in a shirpool? Zerpool? Zerpool. That's a good indication. Irina looks at you she goes, I believe this is the encampment you were looking for. These are not the Yes, these are definitely the stun. Well, let's try to find Metameva. And you walk up to the tent. <laughs> and you see a man that you recognize. Uh, well, who could it be? I and he says, oh, you made it! Oh, yeah, I stand a smear. Look at this! I pull up my baby drag, my little baby wiper. <laughs> Look Parker at this baby. Oh, that is a nice dragon. It just Very nice. It that will grow to be a nice companion. Indeed. It won't get too big. Yeah, it's a little tiny small. What took you so long? I dropped you off days ago. Well, we had a run-in with a, this stride fella that you so graciously forgot to inform us about. Well, Along with you. Would you have come if I told you that there was a stride in the room? I would have. You know what? And you should have told us we'd have been stuck here for Oh, oh, yeah, oh, that wasn't part of the, the questioning. You didn't ask me. You just said you wanted to meet the woman of your dreams. You know what? In the throat. Do you, throat. do you want to meet the woman of your dreams? Uh, no, I'm going to pluck you real hard in yeah. the face. That's what I want to do. What's up? What's up? I'm good. So I, I really just want to. Oh no, this face is too pretty. Don't don't think of violence like that. Too it, it, it's not cute at all. <laughs> you want some wine? I do. <laughs> we got plenty of wine. But but first, I think you've come for a reason, have yes. you not? Oh, you know what? You know what? Is that, I don't like you right now, but I think I can come to forgive you because I'm stuck here anyways. Oh, that's, that's so good. Daddy Stride. What's, what's wrong with Daddy Stride? I got you here safely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You didn't get it. I don't mind Daddy Stride. I did. I brought you to the borders of Barovia. Yeah? You, you got and, to that point? Yes. And then we got here 
Hey. I told you to just go up the trail. We yeah, did. we did just go up the trail. Well, hey, hey. you weren't on the trail when I come through. Hey, did you batter dirty pigeons with us? Well, no. They, exactly. That's the matter. The matter is when the, the trail was coming out. Did I you go through the, the manor? I the Durst Manor? Why did okay, you go through the manor? It was on the trail. What's wrong with that? When I manor? told you to stay on the trail, I did not tell you to go in a house. We were on she the trail. Not. The trail led to the house. What part of my instructions did I ever say go into strange houses? To be fair, the instructions also left out the deadly mist that surrounded us upon arrival. Yeah, that. I told you I was going to bring you beyond the mist. I brought you beyond the mist. I'm in. I'm meant to go out, so I'm, I'm okay with that. That's <laughs> yeah, okay. I said, I said I, I was willing to forget. I'm willing oh, to come on. Come yeah. on. You're, you're capable. You've done well. You know what? I don't think it's nice that you lure innocent people into this mist and then. They didn't lure swear. us. We came well, over, no, yeah. right? We. Well, I, madam. Madam. I, I walked over with it's my greatsword and this swung is a fun, it. It's a funny game. That you, you, Madam Ava, and Mr. Strahd is playing way too good. Oh, no, What are you no. talking about? Strahd didn't do anything Madam. to <laughs> persuade us to come over here and go into that no. manor. My, my, my intuition <laughs> said... <laughs> yeah, my intuition said we should help these kids. And I don't know about y'all, but... I mean, all of our Did y'all not follow suit with me whenever we were helping these kids? I mean... Did y'all well, not? Did y'all not say no? No. Yeah, because I went in with my sword in hand, and y'all said, "Okay, am I not? Am I not correct with that?" You also did fall on a pit of spikes. I heard you. Yes, you're, you're not wrong. <laughs> we had to save you from each You're not wrong. <laughs> but y'all did not. Y'all did follow me, right? Well, we had no choice. And we were already inside. So <laughs> I would say Strahd was not blaming in that, correct? He, Yo, he's I, obviously been bit, has he not? What are you talking about? Bit by what? He's he in love with his daddy. What are you talking about? Strahd, Strahd has not done anything to me besides show me love what... Love and affection? Where was the love and affection shown? Um, when he kissed my neck. Uh, you're right. It may have hurt a bit, but I like it. Was it was a love bite, I guess. <laughs> was it? Was Did it he live a hickey? You cannot see it but because of my... Uh, Heavy armor. He must have been attracted to your long sword. His nice shadow. <laughs> my great sword, oh. sir. Great long. My great long. Your claymore? Yes. My heavy slab <laughs> that I like to swing around. I have one of those myself. You do too. I do. Please show. Do maybe maybe later part. on I will take you into the one of the tents and I shall show it to you. <laughs> we should compare swords. Okay. And see is bigger. Oh, careful now. Oh. <laughs> Mom won't ask his daddy Strahd for permission. Maybe, well, maybe I can this is true. I gotta protect you from Thor. Maybe we can easy. compare bodies to see whose is. Uh... Oh no, my my neck is virgin, baby. <laughs> it's virgin. Oh, so you do not know what? No, nope, I can't say I do. Nope, I can't say that I do. He's saying he wants to. So <laughs> my sword <laughs> and or fangs shall penetrate. Ooh, I think I'll be doing the penetration. All right. So what time it, is it? Is it dark outside? It's it's right about. I'd say it's Sunset. about five now. 
Yes, kind of the sun so, is starting. So So yes, I think you have come to speak to someone, have you not? You. We have all had a. Let's not turn this into a fuck fit. We've all had a dream. I mean, Where we were supposed to meet someone here, here at the pool. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, he, he was the one that brought us for I, I'm, I'm quite aware of this. We had this discussion back in Daggerford. Just making sure you knew. Oh, I know. Okay. Do, do you remember this conversation? <laughs> I do. <laughs> we are here to see Madame Ava. Oh, Madame Ava has yeah. been waiting for you. Bring us After to the counter. In. Oh, Jesus. Baronia. <laughs> We have found out that Strahd does have his influence in anything and everything in this land. Yes, he does. So we want to make sure that it is not overreaching to the portions of us completing what we would consider our journey. So. Your journey has brought you here for a reason. And that reason definitely involves Madame Ava. So, I would suggest that you stop your fantasizing about your daddy strong. <laughs> and you head over to the big tent as Madame Ava has been made. Yeah, big tent. Where, where is this big tent you speak of? Oh, is it the, do you see the little tent? <laughs> yes. Yes. Do you see the bigger tent? No, actually. <laughs> oh, the, that, that big, one over there. Yes, that big tent right oh, there. Or you should have said big tent. Well, I, I figured when I said the big tent that that would kind of point out which one it was. So she stays over there. She is there waiting for us. For you. She knows we're coming. She definitely knows you're coming. She expected you yesterday. You know what? You're still a little shy, but we're going to go see Melvin. All right. So as you head towards the tent, you see the warmth light shining from it. You walk into the tent. Okay. The big tent. The big tent. Not the little ones. Not the, the little tent. ones. The very erect. Not the wagons, the but the big tent. tent. The very erect. The erect tents. A crystal ball sits on the table, sparkling with the captured light of the various candles of different heights and sizes that are lit throughout the tent. A hunched figure peers into its depths, her eyes also sparkling in the candlelight. As you close the flap of the tent's entrance behind you, she glances up at you, a smile forming on her cracked lips, the leathery skin around her eyes crinkling in such a way to remind you of a kind old grandmother. And as she speaks, her voice crackles like dry weeds. Hi, Granny. At last, you have arrived. <laughs> I'm so glad to see you. Hi, Granny. She looks around at each of you. Athena, Dustbane. Leo, the Dread. Typher, Voidbender. Ma'am. Marina, Stormfront. 
Say it all Corliss. I never heard of my last name ever before. Sathriel the Enlightened. What's up, my boy? As I ready my great sword, how do you know my fucking last name? <laughs> oh god. She was Valerian Oakenrock. Nice to see you all. Valerian? <laughs> In worst case scenario, we just wipe up the whole game. It'll be a very new oh, campaign. Okay. <laughs> I know each of you. you maybe better, even, <laughs> you better maybe even more than you know yourself. <laughs> Holy shit! What's your Valerian. I'm gonna look at him like Valerian. Like Valerian. Bean. Bean. What? What happened? Valerian. Just go. Okay. Just bean. I've been waiting for you. I know you have traveled far and you have done much in just the short time that you've been here. Yeah, How do you know that? She can see the future in the past, bro. Well, I had a visitor earlier today. I think you may have also encountered that same person. Strahd? That would be the one. We heard tales of uh, the Valakiri. Valaki? Valaki, Valaki. We've heard people that may have be under the influence of him, like myself. Indeed, there are those. So what has Danny Strahd told you? And I will tell you this now. There is a circle of protection on this tent. So while you were in this tent, what is said cannot be eavesdropped upon. And the influence of the outsider will not be felt. So I guess this is why we've brought Irina here. Yeah. Well, Irina will not be safe here. How so? Because this is the pit stop to Black. Like I said, not even three hours ago, Strahd was in this very tent. What was he doing? He came to have his future read. He didn't like it very much. Yeah. Can we share that with you? I cannot. Intimidation. Each. No. Uh, go ahead, roll. I'm sorry. Shit. She's Frost therapist. Yeah. <laughs> I got a five. So, what fortunes I tell you are secret, and what fortunes I told him are secret. And I like it that way. He won't know. He won't know what is said here. And you won't know what I told him. But I will tell you this much. What I told him definitely pertains to each of you. And he didn't like it. Oh, that's why. So you told him 
That's why he would did not fit fit on you. Your your futures are intermingled with each other. Shit. We keep hearing that. And then she looks. And she looks at you, Kerfina. And she smiles at the bird that is on your shoulder. Your little crow. She reaches over and she strokes its wings. Strangles it. And she smiles. <laughs> I once had a pet raven named Tarul many years ago. I've not seen him in so many years, though. Doubtless, he's gone quite wild without me. Is he the raven? Yeah, that was the one. Was this is the same raven. Yeah. Oh. The raven? Yes. So, uh, uh, we healed the raven, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, she is now my friend now. Yeah, like, it's but, on her shoulder. But do we need her? Like, what if uh, she becomes, like, like, what if we go... Until Sacrifice. Have, like more adventures, and then uh, some things happen, and you know, get that the bird. Thing. Maybe it'd be bird. Better. I promise you, bird will be fine. Okay, I'm just saying. Maybe it's better. If any of you fuckers try to hurt my friend, I will kill your well, ass. So hey, I, I wasn't it's talking part about of, It's part of Daddy Stride, right? I was talking about outside. Outside, dude. <laughs> Don't give me no gas. It's part of Daddy Stride. Right? I'm cool with them. I was, I was just like, saying maybe it'd be a good thought to leave it with the legs. So you, good, good you each yeah. have questions yeah. that have brought you here. Things that are unanswered. Things such as why you came here. It's not like I approach everybody in other lands Mm -hmm. to bring them here. Prophecy says you are important. The cards will tell me why that is. And my cards grant me the sight into the threads of fate that bind us all. But she kind of looks towards the entrance of the tent with flap closed. A shadow is approaching my tent, a lone servant of the darkness. Seek the knowledge of your future. Secrets that I have sworn never to reveal to anyone but their keepers. Do not look, do not rush to greet them. If they learn the import of what we're about to discuss, all may be lost. Do not reveal even, even if you know their true future. For their master will know what I have told you, and his wrath will descend upon us all. I will read the cards as swiftly as I dare before they arrive, and you will listen closely. For I shall never again repeat what I'm about to say. In addition to your future, perhaps the Taroka can shed light upon the shadows of your past. You watch as her wrinkled hands shuffle the cards, a motion that she has apparently done many times over in the extended period of her time. She shuffles the cards once, twice, three times, four, 
Following the fourth shuffle, she palms the cards and kindly regards each of you with her quiet, dark eyes. Please forgive me. I must request your silence as we read the cards. The practice of communing with the powers can be long and difficult. I ask you not to preach the silence until the sight has been broken. Do you understand? See, Jess. Yes. Jess. Then, remain in the safety of the candlelight and let us begin. The crone closes her eyes and gently places her hand over the shuffled deck that she holds in her right. As her lips begin to move silently, the flames of the surrounding candles begin to stem and swirl as if dancing in rhythm with her unspoken words. An attention spreads through the air, a tightness like a piece of leather stretched tight over the head of a drum. The silence of revelry of the Bastani camp outside, the laughing waves of the pool beyond the encampment and the wind outside fades and becomes non-existent as the world outside the tent fades away and the space within grows more solid, more real. No light intrudes through the seam of the tent walls. With her eyes still closed, Madame Ava slowly begins to peel the cards back from the top of the deck, laying them down in a pattern before her on the velvety blue fabric. Before each of you, she places two additional cards. As the last card is placed down, the lights of the candles begin to sway to and fro, like ghostly glowing silhouettes. You watch as the flames lean in towards the direction of the cards, as if they anxiously anticipate the reading, much as the same way that you do. Her wrinkled hand hovers over the leftmost card, the first. She draws in a breath <coughs> as her hand remains suspended above the card, and she tilts her head slightly to the right as if listening to a voice that only she can hear. She closes her eyes and her hand ascends lightly upon the card. As she makes contact, the arcane lights of the candle shift, changing to a deep, piercing blue. Her dry voice interrupts the silence. This card tells of history. Better knowledge of the ancient will help you better understand your enemy. She flips the card. The cerulean light dances across the surface. A smirking guardsman looks up at a honey priest, the priest pointing fingers mere inches from the guardsman's nose as the guardsman readies a wicked curved dagger behind his back. The Nine of Glyphs, the traitor. Her dark pupils shift from side to side as though reading from an unseen text. Look for a wealthy woman, a staunch servant of the devil. She keeps the treasure locked under lock and key with the bones of an ancient enemy. She moves her hand to the second card, this time at the top of the cross. Again, her hand hovers just above the card and she closes her eyes, listening once more. 
Once her hand rests upon the card, the candle lights once again flare, instantly shifting from blue to a cheerful yellow. Ooh, that was close. This card tells of a powerful force for good and protection, a holy symbol of great hope. She flips the card. This time the light reveals a new illustration, an armored warrior clutching a cracked iron sword and a leather bound wooden shield, his face obscured by a heavy iron helmet. The Five of Swords, Myrmidim. Her eyes stare deep into the shadows that lurk in the corner of the tent. You turn to see if someone is there but are met with only empty shadows. Look for a den of wolves in the hills overlooking the mountain lake. The treasure belongs to the night mother. Without hesitation, she moves her hand to the third card at the right arm of the cross. Her long eyelashes veil half-closed eyes while her lips purse in quiet contemplation. As she rests her hand for the briefest of moments upon the black surface of the card, the candlelight extinguishes for a heartbeat, descending the tent into pitch blackness for a mere moment. Suddenly, a nova of fierce burning white light, a light so pure, a light so strong, a light so clean that it hurts to look at it, hurts to see, erupts from the darkness. Madame Eva's eyes snap open and they burn with a first determination, reflecting the candlelight in such a way that they look as if they too are a source of light. This card tells of power and strength. It tells of a weapon of vengeance, a sword of sunlight. She flips the card. The light reveals a third illustration, a man clad in a mystic cape, a hood covering half his face, revealing only a portion of his nose and his grim downturned mouth. At his neck gleams a gem, his oversized sleeves embroidered with swords, his hands folded over each other on the hilt of an upright sword. The Seven of Swords, the Hooded One, her voice is strong with purpose. I see a faceless God. He awaits you at the top of a long and winding road deep in the mountains. Her eyes close once more and you feel almost relieved at the withdrawal of these particular points of light. She moves her hand swiftly to the fourth card at the bottom of the cross and listens once more. Her fingers began tracing circles over its back, a rhythmic gesture that draws you further into the reading. She hesitates, touching the surface of the fourth card. Once again, the flames shift, now casting violent swirling embers into the air. 
The crystal ball reflects this light upon the tent walls, creating pinpoints of light scattered on its surface, reminiscent of a starry shimmering of twilight. This card sheds light on someone who will help you in a battle against darkness. One who may ally themselves with you if your actions are found worthy. She flips the card, revealing an illustration of a strange landscape viewed through an ornate ironwood gate. A strange mist obscuring the view beyond. Mists, the queen of spades. A Vistani wanders this land alone, searching for her mentor. She does not stay in one place for long. Seek her out at St. Markovia's Abbey, near the mists. Finally, she moves her hand towards the one final card, the center card of the cross. As her fingers touch the card, her hand quickly recoils, her brow furrowing, the wrinkles of her forehead folded so deeply that it resembles a steep channel. Behind her, shadows encircle the candlelight, like dark ghostly fingers reaching out to snuff out the light. Her voice is only a whisper, barely audible, thin and raspy. Your enemy is a creature of the darkness, whose power is beyond mortality. This card will lead you to him when it is time. Her hand trembles over the card for a silent moment. Hesitant, with daft ancient fingers, she flips the card to reveal the opposite side. In the darkness, the final illustration is barely visible. Upon the card's surface is a depiction of a large glass jar sealed with an ornate lid that sits upon a table. The marionette, the Jack of Hearts. Look to great heights. Find the beating heart of the castle. He waits nearby. Again, Madame Ava exhales, an audible sound that matches the darkness that surrounds you. She closes her eyes, shakes her head as if clearing a fog from her mind to take five deep cleansing breaths. With each breath, the candle shifts to previous hues in reverse. A breath, violet. A breath, and the bright white returns. A breath, and the tent is bathed in the yellow of the midday sun. A breath, the blue of the vibrant blue sky of calm <coughs> seas. When her eyes open again, the old one seems to have restored her clarity. The darkness of the moment is past. Her eyes shift. She gazes at each of you and meets your eyes. That is so overwhelming to you that you are overcome with the desire to cast your eyes downward, to break the connection. But find you are unable to do so. The pull of her inky depths proving to be too great. More cards she places before you. One that you recognize, the other new to you. I do not know 
If they tell your past or your future, or maybe both, until the fates tell me. Her hand falls upon a card, flipping it with ease. As she does, this time the color of the candle shift again, the color of a blood moon. Leo, the paladin, the two of swords. I see that you are a great warrior. You have defined yourself by your vows to purge the world of evil. As if by doing so, you can counterbalance an evil that may be within yourself. You have suffered a devastating loss, an injustice, and you seek to find your vengeance. She flips a second card. The Tempter, the Queen of Diamonds. Neither dragon nor djinn hold sway in these mists, but the grave worm's gift can set you free. His price is steep, but his offering is true. Seek him in the place where ice and amber meet. Marina, the beast, Jack of Queens. You present as one who loves the world around you, but beneath your calm facade is the anger of a dragon who lusts for revenge for those who betrayed those that you love. The abjurer, the four of stars. Your eyes burn with flames and your blood cries out for blood. I see a fallen house guarded by a great stone ancestor of yours. Look for the highest peak to find him. Grafina, the executioner, and the jack of spades. The tormented who died but continue to walk among us brings your own soul great turmoil. A God that is unknown to me calls out to you to vanquish these enemies of life. The monk, the one of glyphs. The words of a divine fall upon deaf ears, muffled by the shadowed mists. The jackal demands that you find the damned one in his place of worship and free his radiant soul from the madness of mortality. Mm -hmm. Sethriel, the warrior, the master of swords. I see a great war of the past, a soldier who fought bravely, but fell to his foes. The soil cried out from the stain of your blood. 
the remnants of who you are spilled out and evaporated like steam in the air. The bishop. One sword was broken while killing a powerful foe. Yet another sword will vanquish the darkness. What you seek lies in a pile of treasure beyond a set of amber doors. Once it's returned to its full glory, you will then be able to dispatch the endless night. Valerian, the broken one, the king of coins. Puzzles can be quite frustrating, especially when they hold secrets to who we are, but we cannot see the picture as a whole. However, the pieces will begin to fit together as you wander looking for your answers. The Shepherd, the Four of Glyphs. The devil of this land is ancient, and so has become the land. You must restore the holy places of the Elder Three, whose whispers are as wind and whose tears are as dew. Look for the misted hill, the drowned spirits, and the lonely mill. The Dark Lord. Surrounded by death and avoided by many, you wander in a world of darkness alone. But while your vengeance only leaves a metallic taste in your mouth, you can't bring back those you lost, leaving you feeling empty. The Illusionist, the Seven of Stars. Help is often found in the strangest of places. Towering high above the glistening waters, shrouded by gray fur, is one whose footsteps you follow. He holds knowledge that you seek. Typher, the Ghost. The King of Glyphs. The one loss destroyed you, while the one gained continuously torments you. A glance into the mirror, a taunt in your ears, serve only as reminders of the defeat that you continue to lose. The Berserker, the Six of Swords. The song of blades sing in your heart and cries out for a chorus. The ice-clad mountains will echo your song with the voices of your ancestors. Plask. The thief. The seven of coins. In the mist of grief, a betrayal left you lost and displaced. A brother now holds the seat that you were destined to hold. The Avenger, one of swords. 
Your blade thirsts for blood as your soul hungers for recognition. Seek out the mist-clad hill where the tombs of ancients holds the instruments to your glory. The candles burn down to their ordinary glow. The sound of the outside world returns. The merriment of the Vistani beyond the tent, the crackling of the bonfire, the whisper of the wind and the lapping of the waves upon the shore of the pool return to your ears. Light filters in once more through the canvas of the tent and you feel yourself breathe for the first time since the reading began. Madame Neva says nothing. She only regards you with the dark, patient eyes. What just happened? Things went down, but it just happened. <clears throat> what do you think just happened? There, there, what happened? Does anybody feel like the cards did not speak true? No, it almost felt too, so close to heart. So true, so deep down in your soul. Start to leave some. Everybody's just staring at me. What is this? Yeah. Everyone's speechless. What is this amber doors? So we heard everybody else's fortune, right? Yes. Okay. Indeed. Right. And everybody heard yours. It's pretty dark. Do you know. know of a location of Amber Doors? You will have to find that on your own. Thank you. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. You've got a thirst for blood. <clears throat> I'm, I'm... Somebody the... else mentioned that's been darker. Oh, was it, uh... Also, yeah, y'all two kind of... You would think I'm I was the berserker. Exactly. No, you're the murder hobo, but, uh... I'm not you did a good, strong soldier, but, uh... <laughs> I got, I got a couple questions for the blood viewers. <laughs> but what the hell? I was thirsty for it's blood. It's better not to ask questions. I, I, I'd rather not have the answer. That's right. I'd rather know. I would rather not have the answers you to the questions I don't want to know. Am, am I safe? Well, am I, safe? I only see what the cards show me and nothing more. Hey, I hope nobody. Dear cards. Just saying, we're, we're coin twins. Happen to show you. What would happen to this straw fellow? That is not for me to tell. For the cards to show. That's for the cards to show to him. But he, she did see he didn't like his future, so maybe we got the upper hand. You never know. How are you able to dreamwalk? Mm -hmm. It's just one of those things. If you were able to do it, how is Strahd able to see within these dreams? Because the last Strahd dream... cannot see in the dreams. But so why can... was it that the last dream we had, you said someone was peering in? Strahd has some ability that he can scry and he can sense things. But he can't invade your dreams. It wasn't him invading your dreams. It was him invading my tent as I talked to you. Mm, okay, okay. Okay. 
So is he able to see what we are talking about right now? No, there's a circle of protection on this tent right now. So would Irina be safer here versus... I cannot keep the circle all the time. Oh, damn. Look We gotta bring it to the Vallani. Are the Vallani, Vallaki. Vallaki. The town or the Vastani? Vastani. Are the Vastani under the persuasion of Strahd? Some are. Strahd has many spies, (laughs) many influences. Relationship between Strahd and Yudhistan. He once he told us that they had done something with him a long time ago, and well, I because think, of that, I think that story is better told outside of this tent. Why outside of the tent? Because I think Stanismir nope. plans on telling me that. I don't think we really trust Stanismir, do we? Well, you could trust the story. You forgive us if you, you know, didn't want to talk to that fucker about it again. What, what, what if Stanismir came in, came in the tent? He can't come in right now. Why can't he, he come in? He knows better. Is he not allowed with the... Oh, the they ritual? know not to interrupt me. Would you allow him in? After you leave. Is there any reason why you wouldn't allow him in? Because he does not need to know your futures. This is between me and you. But our futures. So, do you think your future is not in with Stanismir? Your future is intertwined with Strahd. Not Stanismir. Yes. So you can. I mean. And Strahd. So our past is intertwined with Stanismir, though. Is our well, one that brought us only because he brought you here. I had to use him. I don't leave. Stannis is not allowed to do it because of you. This is correct, but I had him bring you to What? Why did you bring us here knowing that we'd be stuck here? Because there is prophecy that says that you eight hold the power. That could end Strahd for good. Does that mean the end of like the the border of the mist and we can go back home? Indeed. Oh. You see that in your visions that we yeah. are capable of that? I I only see the threads of fate cannot be beckoned like a servant or a conjurer, like a magician's trick. But, as I read the cards, the cards show me things. And it showed me that you hold a future that could bring sunlight back to this domain. So we're capable doesn't mean we'll do it right. Well, I cannot. You have free will. You can make your own decisions. And some of those decisions may not be the best for your outcome, but one path shows that indeed you can bring the sunlight back. 
Yes, let's go talk to Stan Spear. Fucker, please. For what? I mean, he has the, the story. More, more uh, the story of what uh, the the stuff you did for sure. Yeah. Why? Why did you like? Before, before you leave my tent in the circle of protection, I will tell you: do not repeat anything that we have said. Your future. Your past is for you and you alone. Not even with each other? With each other is fine. All have heard everything that was said here. But do not go out and share with Stannis Mir or with anyone else what you have heard. Can I tell my dragon? You can tell your dragon. I do not think your dragon will tell it. <coughs> Maybe the dragon's in the room. Can your dragon talk? No, not yet. It's a god spy! I'll chop its head off where it stands. It's not a but, yes. it's not a spy. If it was a spy, it probably would have been found here. Found I found it. It is not safe for you to leave the camp tonight. I know it's been day. Well Is there any place for us to take rest? There take is rest. there is tents here. We have arranged for you to have food and a safe place to sleep before you continue your journey in the morning. I am all about safe spaces. It's the <laughs> least that we can do. Yeah, let's go find a stand so figure out the story real quick. Let's ask him if he knows anything about why. Tell us a tale of your people. So as you exit the tent, you find two other people waiting outside the tent. Like they were trying to possibly listen in on or possibly just wanting to talk to you afterwards. Roll for intimidation. Mm -hmm. There's a woman and there is a man. After a few minutes, as you walk out, you see Stannis Miro for by the fire. Okay. Hey, man. We got a question for you. Roll for intimidation. Hey, hey, Stanny. We got a question for you, man. Well, you come join me at the fire. Come on over. We got wine. Who wants some grape mash? It's grape mash. You know what? I will think of what We've got Lenny. Come on, come sit by the fire. Let's tell some tales. What is good? There's food. Are you hungry? I am. There's plenty of food. Grab some stew. I can grab a seat my... by the fire. Let's tell some tales. I can replenish my HP with food. I'm at 17. <laughs> yeah. Out of 27. I guess for this, you, we're gonna be this cushion's like a short rest, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? I'm gonna get myself a little cup of wine, and then I'll bring a little bit of food. Oh, I'm, gonna give you a, I'm gonna give you a little cat on a stick. As soon as you get seated, the woman who was outside the tent immediately starts talking. She introduces her name is Eliza. Eliza? And she says, oh, I'm so excited to see outsiders here. 
Please, what is your names and where do you come from? Do you not see outsiders often? No, not very often. No, my name is Great Sword. Great Sword. Do you want to meet the end of it? Not particularly. Uh, Please. Then stop your question. So sassy. Yep. So and sassy. So she, she kind of looks at you and, and she goes, Stanismir, how dare you not lack hospitality on these people? Come on, they've traveled a long way. There we have. Help them, help them, give them, go get them food. Mm-hmm. You've got us stuck here. Come on now. I will did, introduce her. Did you give us her name? Nope. Yeah. Yes, she did. I'm Eliza. The Stanismir kind of laughs and he says, Oh, come on, Eliza. Fates wait for no one. But nonetheless, come off your feet. May we have a a cup of wine first before He gives you bottles of wine. We've been through it. Help yourselves. What is. Metamiva was a little intense. Okay, we, we need to sit down. I'm still holding my sword. And he, he will come down. The the man who was outside the tent, he he kind of sits nearby, but not very close. And he he's very quiet. He's just kind of watching everything that's going on. The Stanismir goes and he gets you each bowls, brings you bowls of hot stew. Sir, a rabbit. I don't eat rabbit stew. Because <laughs> you're past life. It, it is. <laughs> Beef. Venison from deer that was caught this morning. Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh dear. I still have my great sword in front so, of me. So, oh, you, you need not your sword. No, there's no trouble here. That's what I heard last time. I did not, I swear, I, I told you stay on the trail. You did. And you went, do you make a habit you know of going into strange houses. Your, I do. Your riddles, well, then that's your own fault. Your riddles, You're right. The, the trail right. went into the matter. Your riddles. Your I said you'll go down the trail. You'll take the turn to the right, and you'll end up at Madame Eva. Did you take the trail to the right? You're not wrong. No, you turned left wrong. and you went into a strange house. Did we go there? Correct. Yeah, but, yeah we didn't go. There. If I, if I don't let go of my sword, we won't be in trouble. You know, so I can eat then with fine, one hand. Fine, fine, fine. Hold your sword. If he doesn't protect us, he has no job. I, if he, I, I, I can eat, otherwise. I can eat with one hand and protect us with the other. I bring a bowl over him. And you, you notice that the three Vistani men that are over by the wagons are kind of just watching you. Because of you holding the sword. They're not being aggressive or anything, but they are keeping their eye on you. So my sword is in the ground with coming upward. Not up and ready to hit, but down. So if I need to. All right. But it is in the ground. So it is in a defensive position. Versus offensive position. So I am in a defensive position. I think it's safe to say that this one is up and on. That's okay. So I I need some. He is ready whenever he needs to be. Eliza looks at you and she goes, "Well, where's your next destination going to be?" 
Where are you heading? Why are you asking me a question? You know what? Oh, I'm just window. curious. Well, we're going to the lock. Our destinations like are our own. Yeah, you know, I was like, we're still a little shook because we're Madam Ava. That is our own. Irina kind of reaches out to you and puts her hand on your on your shoulder oh. and says, "Maybe we shouldn't tell these people that we're Yeah. Our destination is our our own. What is it of you? I'm just curious. If it's just to make. <laughs> The, the the we man like the the man who's sitting nearby he's he, he's listening and he's watching and he says have can I ask you a question? Just one. You can ask, but just, just might not answer. Have you come across in your travels a strange man by the name of Ben Ripton? Nope. Hmm. Was Sounds up. familiar, but what's it up? Well, he's a friend of mine. I heard that he had recently come to harm while he was here traveling in Barovia. I'm I'm hoping that he is not dead. I keep hoping to hear news that he is all right and that he's been seen. Where does he hail from? He is from a place called the Forgotten Realms. Do you know it? That's You do? What parts? We do? All of the Forgotten You're from the Forgotten Realms? Yes. Well, so is Van Richten. Van Richten. Well, not anymore, obviously. I mean, if he came through the mist, then he's stuck here, right? So he's from Barovia. Well, he... He is indeed. I mean, he purposely came here. So Why did anybody purposely come through the mist? He had his reasons. Um, have you never heard of Rudolph and Brechton? Is that, is that the guy with Barry? No. Okay. He's basically the man pulsing I have not. So, I have not so heard. We you have not missed. You give me a again. I'm drinking wine, so I'm a little not so much insight. Let's go Arcana on this one. I don't think Arcana really falls in, but I'll use it. Nice. Twenty-two. Yeah. In your travels, perception. You actually have heard the name of Van Richten. He is a, you don't know a whole lot, but you've heard of a monster hunter named Van Richten. So I say truthful. No, I have not met this Van Richten. He's he's a hard man to kill. So hopefully I will come across him soon. We've only been here a few days ourselves, so. Is he actually a man? Why is he so hard to kill? Why he's a good. Want to he's a good hunter. Again, he's a good hunter. Has <laughs> your friends many books? Yes, he has many of them. I seem to recall reading about something about a Rudolph Oh yes. If I you read a lot. if you've read books on monster hunting, guys? monster hunting of werewolves. 
He is very well known for his knowledge. I don't do a lot of monster hunting myself, but some of this stuff does apply to my life of work. So I believe I know what you're talking about. Well, if you happen to come across him, please tell him that Arturius looking for him. Is he Arturius? Arturi. Arturi. Yes. We try our best. I appreciate that. We are, did we get a description of him? Well, but tell us about he, this. He wondering. can be a, a strange little man, but he tends to be a master of disguise. Be a master of disguise. Turtle, turtle. So it would be hard for me to tell you exactly what to look for. So nothing I would say. So after Stanismir gives each of you a bowl of stew and he brings out some vegetables, there's some turnips, some lentils, parsnips, some chunks of flat bread. He says, nah, are you up for a little game? What kind of game? Tic-tac-toe, three in a row. Mom got shot by a G.I. Joe. What the fuck? G.I. Joe. Give us stunning. Oh my God. We we have a a tradition when we have guests. Uh, We play a game of stories. And if you accept, you'll put up a small wager. It could be small, monetary, intellectual, sentimental. I said, we don't need to gamble again. And you give a story that can make a man laugh, weep, interesting. And then you can, we will guess if your story is true, or if it's half true, or if it's an all out lie. So if you cannot, we can. Whoever guesses the most correct guesses wins the pot. Uh, that's messed up. Okay. Well, in that case, I might want to change my story. <laughs> no, you don't. No, it's okay. What's wrong with your story? And Irina goes, well, I'll, I'll play. What about y'all? I'll play. Uh, I guess I'll play. Class joy. I don't see why not. Like a shot. I didn't know there was gonna be gonna be like that. So now I'm. I'm okay. Huh? That's it. I'm good. <laughs> I told you to make up a story. Damn it. I forgot. Why, So Smear goes over to his wagon. He comes back with a set of Taroka cards, and he says, "These belong to my late wife." They've sat unused and dusty in my wagon for long enough. I think she'd like it very much if they were out in the world again. And Eliza gets very happy and she she brings out a collapsible brass spyglass and she puts it up for a wager. It's got a, the spyglass has a little maneuverable mirror that allows you to peer around corners. And then Arturi, he says, I I will join in. And he brings out a manuscript. This is part of 
Dr. Van Richten's writing about werewolves. And then Irina pulls out a wooden hair clip out of her hair. It's in the shape of a sunflower. She says, I've had this since childhood. I'll, I'll put it up for a wager. I don't have much with me. Sure you want to do that? Well, maybe one of y'all will win it and be willing to give it back. What am I supposed to do with it if I win? It might look cute on you. Okay, I'll give it a try. <laughs> I'm gonna put a piece of my, a piece, one of my dragons, my, uh, wyvern's scales. Okay. This could be I'm sure your wyvern's very yeah. thrilled that oh, you just put, pulled you a scale off. Eggshells. Oh yeah, true. Never mind. this on the or like on the ground? Maybe, these? Yeah, you're putting it in a pile. Maybe, maybe he shed the little scale. <laughs> he like, shed one. He shed one. They shed. They probably... They're kind of like snakes. Oh, I'll, I'll put his eggshells up. Okay. Go. I reach into my bag and I pull out a... A uh, butcher's knife that's uh, covered in blood. Okay. <laughs> I slam it into the ground. All right. Fair enough. Familiar. So we're putting stuff up for wager. Yes. Okay. Um. Put up, so right. Put up your faithful God. You, you just destroy the pile. It, it can be money. I mean, you could put some silver or some gold. I shall put this down. She puts down a. Necklace with a very interesting looking ruby. Okay. This is a bloodstone. It is a sacred artifact for our people. For my. Sandstream goes, Are you sure you want to wager something that. We, my people find it fairly easy to make these, so it's not so bad. Oh, fair enough. What's about you? Oh, me. Well, let me see what I got. I guess I can take this uh, belt that I have around my waist. <laughs> okay. That was gifted from my friend. All right. Meant a lot to me. So. <laughs> I love the gonna... Does anyone actually have a cow? We're right there. <laughs> no. Remember you. How long, oh. how long ago? I mean, I have long, some long value. Ago. I just don't have you. Any and you? I remember. So oh, I said long ago. I will pick the uh, owl fear me. Okay. Oh, the fear me. Fear me. Say fear me. It's like I know I just got this, but you also have the coffin the in the box. Right? So yeah. yeah, I will give it a nice little Chris. Let me borrow the jack in the box. Yeah. Okay. It's like I, I slip the jack, the jack in the, in the box. box to um, <laughs> the beaner, and I'll then take I'll take my back. Jack. Yeah, yeah. Somehow tricks everybody, and I put the owl on top of it. All right. Butcher knife for you. I'm gonna put ten gold pieces. In. All oh, right. Jeez. Buy some cash. <laughs> and for you. Whatever you do, don't give up your spectacles. No. Spectacles are Mm-hmm. Exactly. I got something that you might I mean, be. You could put your books in, so that would be great. I reach in my back, grab out a book. Oh, this is a book of ghost stories and hauntings from the Forgotten Realms. Probably something pretty rare. Well, very was, nice. I was pretty curious from the beginning. How rare is it? Is it medium rare? <laughs> it's well done. It's well done, yeah. Here, it's probably very rare. It's 
Blue. Where we're from, it's pretty common. Ooh, get ready to change color. Okay. So, <laughs> Stansman goes, Hi, I will go first. I have a, a story to tell. He fills his mouth with some of the wine from the bottle and he spits it into the fire. And the flames turn from orange to green. And as they dance and sway, a dark shape appears in the bonfire's core. We come from an ancient land whose name is long forgotten, a land of kings. Our enemies forced us out of our homes, and now we wander the lost roads. The dark figure in the fire takes the form of a man being knocked off of his horse, a spear piercing his side. Stansman continues. One night, a wounded soldier staggered into our camp. He collapsed. We nursed his terrible injury and we quenched his thirst with wine and he survived. When we asked him who he was, he would not say. All he wanted to do was return to his home, but we were deep in the land of his enemies. We took him as one of our own and followed him back towards his homeland. His enemies hunted him. They said that he was a prince, yet we didn't give him up, even when their assassins fell upon us like wolves. And deep in the bonfire, you see a dark figure standing with a sword drawn, fighting off a host of shadowy shapes. This man of royal blood fought for us to protect us, and we protected him. We bore him safely to his home, and he thanked us. He said, I owe you my life. Stay as long as you wish. Leave whenever you choose and know that you will always be safe here. The figure in the dancing fire vanquishes to its final foe. And then the clouds disperse in smoke and embers and the light turns back to orange. So, so <laughs> what do you think? Is my story true? Is it half true? Is it false? No, true. I believe it is half true. I believe it is But I don't believe it is true. Let me see. I'm gonna roll. Can I roll a check to see if I can guess? Go ahead. Why are you pointing? Let's see. So, Harley, you said half true. I said knowing you, it's probably half true, but I will believe you and say it is true. True. (laughs) True. It is. What do you say? True. And you? True. I'm waiting for you. The role is to try to guess if it's what I say she does. Okay, insight check. Insight. 22. 22. Why do I make the You don't think there's anything untrue about this story. It sounds like he is being quite honest, but you don't know 
that's because he's just a good storyteller, or because it's absolutely true. Mm-hmm. That's why folks have lied to us. And I do this before, but I, I told him I'd forgive him. So, mm-hmm. so you say true? True. <laughs> Eliza pipes in. She says, "I vote true." Archery says half true, and Irina says true. Stannis Mir looks at you all and says, It is indeed true. This is a story of my Vistani people. And the prince lived on to be a friend of the Vistani, even when his heart was led astray by shadows and mist. Very good. Damn. Hold on. I don't know why, but my heart was beating real fast when he said his pot was like, Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. Have so. you just told us the story of Sharon? Yeah, I was like, he just gave us the yes. story of Strahd. It is the story of Strahd von Zorovich before he came to Barovia. And his promise to the Vistani people as to why they remain in the valley to this day without fear. More favor. So it's safe to say that Strahd wasn't always the way he is now. Not told. So, why don't you go next? Alright. Once there were two brothers. The younger brother, who was jealous of his beloved older brother, devised a devious plot to kill his brother. During <laughs> during a party that the younger brother hosted. He pulled out an elaborately decorated box and said, whoever fits the box perfectly can keep it. Hmm. So one by one, the other party goers laid inside the box, but none fit quite right. That is until the older brother, who the box was made for, fit perfectly. Once the older brother laid inside, the younger closed the lid tight, and he and his cool friends killed the elder and cut his body into 14 pieces before dumping them all across their kingdom. When the wife of the older brother heard of his death, she rushed to find each of the pieces, hoping to revive him with the, god, or the help of the god of healing and knowledge. She found all but one piece, for it had been eaten by a beast, and sadly, the great king, the elder once was, was reduced to the king of death. The missing piece, however, was recreated with a gold with gold. What might this piece be? But a golden phallus was created. <laughs> the wife with her a golden phallus was created, and the wife used it to impregnate herself with her only child. So what is the moral of the story, one might ask? Do not grow jealous, for you could end up with nothing. And your bro- the one you were jealous of could end with a golden dick. <laughs> Please. I like that one. So. Damn. <laughs> very nice. <laughs> this is what I wanted. This is why I said the story. Right. Because it's funny. Wait. I like that. So do you say it is true or it is untrue? Um, is it false? false? No. In the same hand. False. I don't believe it. False. Foul. You know what? Because it was 
She told it well. I'll say it's half true because of the golden beans. <laughs> false. It's false. They think it's bullshit. <laughs> Irina says, I think that would be false. Oh. Stan and Smear is smirking and laughing. And he says, what the hell? I say true. And Archery says, false. Stan and Smear looks at you and says, all right, young lady. Well, it would be true in the sense of the stories of our gods. But of course, mythology is just that. This mythology. So I suppose one might say it's false. Half so true? Though we believe it to be true, though. After all, the stories of the gods are fun. So is the half true? Half true. <laughs> a good one? <laughs> yeah, half true. I never did figure out if I wanted it to be true or false, so I'm going to say half false. True? <laughs> because it's mythology. I'll say false. Just because it's oh. mythology. How which, by the way, this is an That's actual it. mythological story of a uh, set. Mm. And Osiris. That's how uh, Osiris became the god. Set and Osiris. Okay. That sounded like a like a Egyptian type story. I was story. looking for the half truth. I was like, please. I'm sorry. He looks around the table, and he looks at Flask, and he says, "Let's see what you can do, big green guy." <laughs> Is he Shrek? <laughs> My story. Okay, let's get it. Story. Let's go. That's not what my character says. Let's go. This is probably the first time we're great star fall from sky. Ancestors find star offer sacrifices. Star blesses us, gives strength. So now we all now we always offer sacrifices to star. And it continues to go straight. That's all I say. <laughs> A man of few words. So. So that means it's true. Sorry. <laughs> do you say true? I'm gonna say true. True. See, true. I'm gonna say true as well. <laughs> False. You go true. Everybody at the campfire. Ooh. Yep. <laughs> Irina says, true. Eliza goes, half true. And Archery says, false. Stanismir says, I wonder if you could actually come up with something that isn't true. So let's say true. What do you say? True. True. Eliza goes, I'll go next. <laughs> so it is said that each raven flutters a lost soul, and that each raven's song tells a tale of ages past. They whisper, so listen closely. She takes a deep breath, and then she speaks again. Her voice is quiet, with an eerie, mellow quality to it. Sing, ravens of Barovia, birthed from the mists and bathed in twilight, Sing of Lagdana, the morning lord stalwart. Dawn touched foe of the deep lurking dark. The holy symbol of raven kind, her radiant testament, the warrior's beacon of faithful resolve. 
Sing, ravens, of Chernovog's rise. Name the green god and the demon lord upon Yester Hill. Lugdana, gray-haired, weary of battle, her long sword and shield yet polished and ready, guided through shadows, Towards sacred ground, she clashed with demons, their temptest-like dance. Sing, ravens, of Lugdana's last fury, of ravenkind's token now blazing with light. The battle's tide turning, a hero's brave cry. A final onslaught with the divinity's grace, the demon lord banished. The warrior now fell, the wound at her side gorged too deep to bear. Sing, ravens, of light's final moments, a shadow descending upon radiance on high. Sing of the angel, black feathered and beaked, the morning lord's angel reclaiming its gift, a symbol retaken in raven's claws. Sing, ravens, for you are the keepers, the watchers, the tellers of stories untold. Sing, ravens, of Lagdana's memory, the shadows that lurk, and the heroes to come. Stanismir kind of looks like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he says, all right, what do you say? Half true. True. It's a good one, but you know, I'm gonna go with half true. After it. True. True. So Stanismir says true, and Arturi votes false, and Irina says true. Eliza says it's half true. I was fucking right. Lugdana was indeed a paladin of the Morning Lord who bore the legendary holy symbol of Ravenkind. According to legend, the symbol was given to Lugdana by the angel in the guise of a raven. <laughs> However, no one knows what happened to the symbol after Lugdana fell at Yaster Hill. And no one knows where it resides today. So, half true. Damn, girl. Stanismir looks at you. All right, young man, what can you come up with? I once heard of a tale of a man who was tortured in the most peculiar of ways. First, he was put in a weird contraption that was built to resemble that of a large grandfather-like at the top of it, where hanging above, was a bladed pendulum that would swing back and forth that would hypnotize whoever was tortured, being tortured. He, the, man, the man being tortured was bound, and he was stuck there for several days. Going, he slowly went insane due to the hypnotizing pendulum. And Every hour, a large, a loud tick tock would mark every hour. This would keep the man alive, uh, awake. And after a week or so, 
he died of what he died of unknown causes, but it is often assumed that he died of sleep deprivation. That is it. All right. So what say you? You, young man? False. I will say half true because it is a tale you heard. My green friend? <laughs> half true. I have to agree with the uh, green fella here. Say false. Irina says, well, that's kind of gory. But I'll go with false. Stanismir says, I like it. But I think it's false. Eliza says, true. And Archery says, half true. What says we? It is, it is a myth of ours. It was a story that I was told when I was younger. And I would say, for the record, it is probably possibly half true. The, de the device used is real. And there was there were people who were used, who were tortured via this contraption. However, this exact man's identity is unknown and, for the record, we don't know if this man ever existed. So, it is half true. Okay. So, your turn. Your turn. There it is. Alright. So, I begin. This is the story. Long time ago. Long, long time ago. Years. How long ago? Months, maybe weeks. Okay. Long time. So, can have a recent or past? There was a woman named Maria. The woman named Maria, and she she married this rich man, very very wealthy, very wealthy man. Okay. With whom she eventually had two children, lovely children, boy and girl, happily married. But then their marriage hit a rough patch and her husband spent less and less and less time with them because he was busy at work, this and that. And it happens, right? And whenever he was at home, he always paid attention to the children, but not the wife. Came home to the children and paid attention to the children. The girl. Eventually, she sees him with another woman, engaged, enraged beyond reason. Some versions claim that he had drowned her two children. But she immediately regretted it, crying out loud. Oh, my children. Oh, my children. Maria is sometimes said to have drowned herself afterwards. Oh, she arrived to the heaven's gate. She was denied entry, banished back to earth until she could find her lost children. To this point, she is now known as the weeping woman, looking for her two lost children. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. That makes you weep. What says you? Half true. Oh, because I know the I will say half truth. 
Irina says, I think it's true. It's like, wow, how terrible. Eliza goes, I think it's true as well. Stanismir says, I think it's full of shit, but I like <laughs> it. <laughs> and Arturi says, I'm gonna go with half true. Stanismir says, well, what is it? I don't know. <laughs> That's the story, it's on me. So I'm gonna say it's half true. Yes. Very good. Very good. So, do go next. I'm going to tell you a story that was told to me. <laughs> Unsubstantiated, but horrific. So there was a mining ship coming back from a mining call, heading back home, home port. And on the way, they spotted an island off in the distance with another crashed ship upon it. So they decided to pull in and investigate and see what happened. And while they went in there, uh, one of the crew members was attacked by some sort of octopus. Okay. Some sort of octopus-like creature. The octopus wrapped himself around the crew member and bit him. Eventually the octopus let go and fell dead on the ground. And other than having a small bite, the crew member didn't take anything up. But later on, during a dinner, this crew member suddenly just fell dead. Didn't know why. Perhaps they did not person may have been poisoned or passed on some sort of dangerous disease. So they locked them away down the bottom of the ship and continued on their way to the home port. Unfortunately for them, this man's corpse bore from it some sort of strange creature perfect killing machine, an apex predator, unlike anyone ever seen. And during the time back to their home port, this creature hunt down every one of the crew members, one by one, killing them. <laughs> Luckily, one of the crew members, a very smart, courageous, and cunning young woman, Lady Ellen, was able to defeat the creature by luring it down into its hole and setting fire to the well hole on the ship. She was able to escape in the little rowboat with just a pet cat named Jones. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really good, it's a really good story. It's a really good story. <laughs> Her last name, Ripley. That's what I was thinking too. <laughs> Is that the end? That's the end. That's all I That was very compelling, sir. So, do you say true or false or half true? I like it. I like it. It's a good story. I'm going to say false, though. Half true. Damn. She, she got the up and then she crushed him. <laughs> Listen to my awful laugh. True, half true, false. 
Oh, you, you skipped. Oh, no. You skipped the vacation. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Half true. Half. Half. Stan Smear says, I think it's bullshit. <laughs> Eliza says, I'll go with half true. Irina kind of cocks her head and looks at you and says, this is not depressed. <laughs> <laughs> and what is a ship? A ship. You guys don't have ships in the I've never heard of a ship. A sailing vessel that goes across the sea. What is a sea? What the fuck? How do you normally get across the lake? We have a rowboats. Think of a rowboat, but much, much bigger. That can hold many people. Oh, okay. But what is an octopus? Well, it's an eight-legged cephalopod from whatever. A cephalopod? A cephalopod? Think of it as an eight-legged blob. Sea creature. It's like, an, it's like a spider, but in the ocean. That's a good guess. Do not ask what a spider is, I swear to God. I'm, I'm going to say false. For no other reason than because of the fucking awesome. Stanismere says, well, reveal. Call them my sources. That's a true source. Oh. Yeah. Uh, I would not. Yeah. <laughs> I like it though. So Arturi says, I'll go next. So, there was once a silver fox, renowned among all for his curative touch. On a cold moonlit night, a rustle of wings disturbed his peaceful reprise. A flock of sparrows brought him one of their own, the tendrils of death clutching its small shriveled body. The silver fox took the sickly sparrow into his den, but with all his wisdom and skill, he could not cure its ailment. And it breathed its last in his paws. Fearing the sparrow's anger, the fox begged them to take anything exchange peace. The sparrows, hearts filled with grief, departed into the moonlit night. It was only at dawn that the fox realized what they had taken. His beloved kit had vanished, taken by the sparrow's claws. The fox pursued the sparrow through the barren lands and shadowed forests. He found them slumbering amidst the branches of a gnarled tree and in his cleverness, snatched two of their flock in his jaws. Where's my kit? The silver fox roared. The sparrows, now prey to his claws, shared the terrible truth. They had given the kit to the kingdom of night where the cursed sovereign of dusk dwelled in the darkness. And so the fox passed from light into dark, his legs aching and sore, his paws bramble pricked and bloody. And it was in the keep of the dark sovereign that he found his lost query and uncovered his kit's dreadful fate. 
His kit now shared the sovereign's curse, the features of his life now twisted and warped, his once lively eyes now deadened and cold. The kit begged for reprieve, for his father to free him from his cursed existence. And the silver fox, with a heart heavier than the mountain, his eyes stinging with tears, did the unthinkable, and he ended his kit's torment. And as the fox's anguish howled, shattered the night, so too did his heart. A father had entered the kingdom that day, but it was a phantom born of anguish and rage that vanished into the shrouded night. Stannis Mirfox. Hmm, very good. Heartbreaking. He goes around again. What says you? A heartbreaking story, yes. I'm going to say half true. I think the story is true, but the animals are not for. That's either half true or true. It's up to you to decide. Half true, yes. False. No, I was going to say true, and then you you said that. I don't, I don't know, I don't know how that would be categorized. I have. I will say true. Yes. Half. True. Half. Stanismir says, I'll vote true. Eliza says, false. Irina says, true. Eliza says, Arturi <laughs> hmm. looks and he says, My story is true. Why the fuck you lie? It is indeed a metaphor, but the story itself is true. I was in the same boat. Well, some stories are not mine to tell. Your turn. Is it true? Before I say this, I have to say, one, this is not my real voice. This is my real voice. <laughs> I'm sorry. I did not trust you in the beginning. Danish. She's a rusty bitch. I'm from the coast. Don't worry. Also, I'm sorry. But, eh, whatever. And my name is also not Valena because I did not trust you. I gave you my mother's name. My name is Marina. <laughs> you just decided to go with that one because that's what you're being called the whole time? Well, I did not trust you in the beginning, Mr. Investigator, because of my own past. But it is okay. We are stuck here now. I have no other reason to not believe you. My name is Marina. All right. Trust. Unfortunately. Hey, <laughs> trust you now. We got to remember. We are here. Okay. I just lie to you. <laughs> I give you the eye back. <laughs> In Russian, somehow. Don't put on your asshole. Previous. Okay. My story comes from my homeland. It comes from my father. I will tell you. It comes from the sea. And this is very important where I come from. All right. 
So once upon a time, there was a man walking on the beach. He looked down the beach and saw a dancer. As he got closer, he noticed it was a young man reaching down to the shore, picking up a small object and throwing them into the ocean. Why? He did not know. He came closer and still, and he called out, Good morning. May I ask what it is that you are doing? Obviously. What else would you ask? The young man paused, looked up, and replied, Throwing starfish into the ocean. Why are you throwing starfish into the ocean? He asked. He asked him, and he was so startled at this question. To this, the young man replied, The sun is up, and the tide is going out. If I don't throw them back in, they'll die. Upon hearing this, the wise man commented, But young man, do you not realize that there are miles and miles of beach, and there are starfish all along every mile? You cannot possibly make a difference. At this, the young man bent down, picked up yet another starfish, and threw it into the ocean. As it met the water, he said, It made a difference to this one. And that is my story. What say you? She saves Patrick Storm. I'm sorry, he, I don't know if the main character will remember. True. True. Stanismere says, I will say true. Eliza says, true. Arturi says, true. Irina goes, it is a starfish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It is, a is it an eight-legged cephalopod as well? <laughs> no, more like a five-legged creature that comes from a bigger body of water than a lake. But... It's a fish, though. Crustacean. What it said. Crustacean-like crab? Yes. Or crab. <laughs> I think we're uh, confusing the poor lady about uh, yeah. the wildlife that we come from. Bless her heart. You have many interesting creatures. You know what you See? Stansmere says so. Is it true? It is a half truth. Because it was my mother that gave me the stuff. And yeah. I hold up a little starfish. Oh, very nice. Even though yeah. it is dead, but. It is still it's, very cute. It's still a true story. There you go. Irina goes, is that a starfish? Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. And I okay. pass it to her. <laughs> and she said, that is still very cool. Hey, I, hey, Irina, do you know what a tarantula is? <laughs> I don't know what a tarantula is. You know what a spider is? Yes, we have spiders. A tarantula is a giant, I say giant, but they're unique. The biggest ones are about eight feet. <laughs> And they're big, fluffy, kind of chunky-looking little guys. Well, we we have spiders that are like ten to twelve feet. Mm. Can I can I have them? We have cockroaches. Cockroaches? Cockroaches. Cockroaches. Stanismere says, "All right." You're up. This is a story of a baby that was born from the corpse of his lynched mother. 
underneath a hanging tree where he was left to die alone in a mirror of blood and afterbirth. A mercenary group led by a man eventually happened to upon this grisly sight presume the infant to be dead when the baby began to wail to the surprise of the mercenaries. An acquaintance of this mercenary group immediately took to the child and came to his aid. The leader of this mercenary group allowed the woman to keep this baby for her own personal consolation, despite the circumstances of the baby's birth being considered ominous by his courts. Years later, the baby, uh, the baby's surrogate mother contracted a plague, dying as he watched on. Under the leader of the mercenary group, this baby, now a young adult, began honing his swordsmanship and joined the mercenary group at the age of nine, looking up to his leaders as father figures. On the night following this kid's first skirmish, a mercenary named Donovan ambushed and raped him from his tent, revealing he bought the boy for a night from the leader of this mercenary band. In a following skirmish, the young mercenary isolated the person that would rape him and the leader of this group and kill him. From that point on, that young boy would grow to never allow any person and or thing to ever get close to him and or anyone around him. Where's this? The kind of just... Those, those are dark. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Sansmere says, I must say true. 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 I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna finish my <laughs> bottle of wine. I'm gonna say that was true. <laughs> true. Irina says, true. Eliza says, true. Arturi says, half true. Sansmir looks at you and says, well, that is the story of my upbringing. So true. Very. That was My you? friend, I am so sorry. For what? Were you there? You were not there. So why are you sorry? As I grasp my great sword. My friend, calm down. You asked for a story. You gave one. And I never tell a lie. Therefore, this is the story of me. Very well. Irina looks and she's like, I almost hate to follow behind now. <clears throat> Thank you for sharing. Why? We're all here as a whole, right? As a one. We should have trust in each other. I appreciate you trusting your backstory with us. Do you go and tell a stranger your story like that? Well, obviously so you I did feel, tonight. We're not, are we strangers? No, he told the group of strangers tonight. I only tell so those I trust the story of my upbringing. So I said, thank you. 
And I like your metal stick. It's nice and big. <laughs> I will um, raise a glass and say I can relate, and I appreciate that you told us the story. Like I said, I don't tell half truths. I don't tell lies. All I tell is truth. And honesty is the best to appreciate. So, I'm very as you know, honesty yeah. is what I keep. I appreciate. As I glance to Satan. 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 Should I tell a story? Yes. Yes. Continue, continue the storytelling. All right. Irina kind of clears her throat. She says, when I was a child, my father took me and my brother to this vast, tranquil lake. And I remember the sand between my bare feet and the lapping of the waves against the shore. There were no octopus or starfish, <laughs> but Orchard. there was something that broke the silence in this low growl that echoed through the wind. And as I turned, I saw this beast emerge from the fog. It was a wolf, far larger than any I'd seen up until today. And I still remember its eyes, yellow, cold, hungry. My father screamed for me to run and I, I took off through the woods and the wolf followed its snarls echoing through the underbrush. And I remember the branches whipping in my face, thorns cutting my feet as my legs burned and my breath grew ragged, but my fear drove me forward. It was only much later when my heart had quieted in my chest and the wolf's footsteps had faded into silence that I finally allowed myself to stop. By then, the woods were strange to me, and my father's shouts had faded far behind. A heavy mist had descended upon me, and shadowed shapes lurked in every corner. I stepped forward, one hand reaching fearfully towards the flock. And a wolf made a mist leapt forward. His jaws opened wide to devour me. And then everything went black. And the next thing I remember, I woke up in my own bed. My father humming echoes from the kitchen. I don't know how I got there or what ever became of the wolf, but I can still remember its teeth as clearly as ever. I'm gonna say well, that was the end, right? That's the end. I'm gonna say I'm kind of torn between true and half true. So I guess I'll say half true since there's a possibility it could be either. Um, I'm gonna say I believe it was a dream, but true. True. I will say because of this land, it is true. Half. So, Eliza and Arturi both say false. It's 
Stannis Smirgos. Yeah, it's definitely true. Irina kind of giggles and she says, it's false. Hey, uh, I, I let's beat this bitch. <laughs> I, us. Yeah. I told you I've never left yeah. the village of Barovia before today. Much yeah, less she Lake. Figured, I don't know you you think that we were drunk and then you and decided to say that? Stanis right? says, no, it's true. I know it's not true. He smiles with a little mysterious smile. She goes, it was only a dream I had. And he says, sometimes dreams have a kernel of truth. But thank you for sharing your tale. So then he looks over at the tally and he says, well, fortunately, there's a four-way tie between most of y'all. <laughs> so I think it is only fair to say that you all can share the pot and split it how you want. I'm gonna go and grab my food. Yeah. The race is against vampires. Also, so with the night growing dark. You all head to the tent with bedrolls and, and pillows awaiting for you. Better have me off with us again. You shall be here when you wake up. And you all get a night's rest. And it is 10.45, so we shall end.